This month, Stakes is High podcast is sponsored by American Income Life Indiana, the Cunningham Agency. Think you have what it takes to play for a championship team? Are you ready to take your life to the next level? Our sponsor, American Income Life Indiana, the Cunningham Agency, was voted top workplace by IndyStar, best place to work in Indiana, one of Forbes' happiest companies to work for, and featured on ESPN. This great agency is looking for business athletes. If you are competitive, driven, fun, self-motivated, and enjoy helping and interacting with new people on a regular basis, then this is the job for you. If you want to roll with the winners, visit their website at www.ailofindiana.com forward slash careers. Again, that is www.ailofindiana.com forward slash careers. When applying, be sure to reference the Stakes is High podcast and tell them we sent you Stakes is High podcast. Peace. Yeah. Stakes is High. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, look. We back up in the building now. Hey, yo, we about to tear the building down like a 757 or 911. Street smart niggas with the wisdom of a reverend. All the eyes stacked against us, we still the ones you should bet with. Shark confess the waters, interact your own discretion. Swimming with piranhas, trying not to get your flesh beat. Yeah, real podcast for people that's really real. CC and Jones tell you how they feel. Every Wednesday when you hit play, you gon' laugh and learn something from this discussion. We going up. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast, a real podcast, having real conversation with real people. And I am Jones. What up, TC? What's good? What's happening, my brother? I'm chilling, man. How about yourself? Ah, man. Take two. Blessed more than I should be. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got to let them know. You ain't got to let them know. Right, 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 right. What's going on, man? Welcome back, man. Uh, shout out to our brothers at Drunken Nights, man. Last week they filled in, yeah. and you know, uh, great episode uh, with them brothers. Hey, man, y'all, hey, y'all play me, dog. <laughs> uh, man, I told y'all to call me back, man. As soon as I hung up, y'all was like, man, we ain't calling that nigga back. I'm yeah. like, damn, <laughs> damn. Man. yeah, man. Conversation was good, man. Hilarious. I you already know I tuned in, but. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wish I was, wish I was, you know what I'm saying, in person for that, or at least on the phone, or, uh, you know, on the mic for that one, man. But yeah, yeah, man. They, year, they, they always come on and give, you know, bless us with good content, man. So shout out to them. And, um, yeah. yeah, man. Now, I knew once we got into that conversation, man, wasn't no calling you back, brother. <laughs> I wasn't even going to lie. Man. Yeah, <laughs> man. I was like, damn, they got me. <laughs> yeah, they man. But yeah, man, uh, and to the individuals who haven't heard that episode, TC, where can they find us? At Stakes is High Pod. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of our episodes you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or interested in being a guest on the show, please <coughs> shoot us an email at stakesishighpod at gmail.com. Chill. Chill. Yeah, man. Man, we got a guest, man. Um... Yeah, you know, man. When I when I first started podcasting, um, I, and I told this before, uh, I had an all star list of guests that I really wanted to have, and I've been able to have two of those guests. Uh, shout out to my grandmother, 
um, who I just saw yesterday. And uh, shout out to Zach Randolph, Zebo. Um, you know, everyone that I've wanted to have on the show has been um, hometown heroes, my hometown heroes, mm-hmm. and people who's made an impact in my city. Uh, one more I want to get, and he said he's going to do it, but uh, I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna stick to him. He he said come by anytime, so I'm gonna get that other person, the other other individual that I want to have on. But this person. I definitely had in my in my uh, in my all star list when I like I mean I've been doing the podcast thing now for three four years however long it's been but um, this individual man he has uh, he has been someone that I have been very uh, proud to be like yo he I know him he from my town he from my city uh, when I when I've seen him do things that has been very groundbreaking. Uh, when it's come to this thing that has influenced our culture, it's this thing called hip hop, and yeah. y- you know that's that's one thing we we talk about a lot on here, man. And um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the name of the show, you know, is is has been inspired through some some hip hop legends. But um, this dude has been able to do something that I think, you know, I know he is the best at what he does, and he's the best at one of the elements of hip hop, and that thing is called freestyling, and. Oh. And the it, lost, the lost art, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I agree. I agree. And um, you know, when when we talk about freestyling, man, I don't think his name get brought up enough, and we're gonna talk about that. But uh, man, I've been knowing him since I was man. What, yay, hi, man. How what, what's been? Man, you knew me since you. <laughs> you had to be about like six or seven years. Yeah, old when I first yeah. Really started knowing who you. Yeah, man. So, uh, grew up with the family, man. Uh, you know, through you know through church and everything, man. But um, this dude is the very first time I had when I when a situation happened in hip hop, and this is the very first time I was I was angry and had an emotion. But we'll talk about that. But um, with no further ado, man, I wanna I wanna introduce, man. Um, again, like I said, one of my heroes in hip hop, and it's crazy. Somebody just made a freestyle. Uh, list on um, on Facebook, and they ain't put it. They ain't put his name. I had to put it. I said, "Come on, man, mm. you slipping." <laughs> but man, it's probably young people though. A lot of yeah. youngsters just don't know. Yeah, man. But with no further ado, man, I want to introduce Supernat. What up, my brother? Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings, man. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. You know, Stakes is High podcast. Yeah, man. When you seen the hat, you said, uh, "Man, what you know about that?" <laughs> yeah, no, that's my people. I know De La for over like 22 years, 23 years. You know? Yeah, yeah. Those you said you great go on tour with uh with uh, Jerobi from yeah. Tribe Called Quest. Oh, yeah. you said Jerobi. Okay, yeah, We're yeah. Doing a um a little tour in England in a, probably like the next three months. It's called Beats, Rhymes, and Life. You know, named after the second album that Tribe put out. So just trying to you know always stay grinding and hustling. Yeah, man. In this game. Yeah, man. Well, welcome, man. Um, it's an honor, you know what I mean, to have you on, man. Like I said in the introduction, but man, I, um, I, I haven't, I haven't seen you in, man. It's been some years now. I've seen you though, because I've been always, you know, you I stay always, in tune. Yeah, <laughs> I always see you, man. And you was just talking about before we get started, man. You were saying there was a documentary that was just put out. I want you to go ahead and. Oh yeah, um, for the people that's been following the evolution of hip hop on Netflix, um, <clears throat> excuse me, my episode just came out uh, Friday in season three, episode three, and it's called the Past the Mic episode. 
and it basically kind of delves into the originators of style and you know the early days of the underground when it was first developing on the east and the west coast and the places that we would frequent you know to test our skills and it's kind of dope because they finally gave me that and one of you know some of the accolades that i deserve you know so i i, I really enjoyed watching it especially being here with my mom you know being in the town where it all started yeah yeah it's kind of surreal sitting here watching it with her so yeah man i i uh, i wanted to get that off i i, I didn't uh I'm, I'm most definitely gonna peep it man so hopefully we can uh kind of dive into some of the things you yeah. know that we talked on that you talked on there so but um Man, I, I remember I remember the beginning, bro. I remember here and I remember when you when you left here and everything, man. I remember before before the before the uh before the locks, everything, man. You know what I mean? So let's let's kinda get started, man, and um, you know, just kinda, you know, touch on uh the beginning, the the t- being here the and birth. the birth of 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 Supernat. Hmm. Well, I mean <clears throat> First and foremost, you know, I was born and raised in Marion, Indiana, all the way up till I was about 18, maybe 17 or 18, and then I left. But um, it all started right here, you know, like, it all started with with records, of course, listening to a lot of records. But um, one of the most influential moments of me being in Indiana and what really opened me up was um, the Rapper's Delight record. And I remember my mom them used mm. to collect records, you know, like, and I was a little bit ahead of my time, or maybe I was just like a misplaced individual. Sometimes I feel like that because, <clears throat> excuse me, living here was like, um, you know, we had access to certain things, but not everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and um, that record was, you know, when it came out, I was probably no older than about 13 or 14 at, at best. And um, I, I learned the words to the record, basically, forwards and backwards. I don't think there was too many kids at that time that heard that record that couldn't rap it. <clears throat> but the key was, when I turned the record over, there was an instrumental side. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have any words. And so, naturally, I began to rap the song without, you know, the words over again, you know, to this beat. That got boring after a while. And naturally, one day, just that's why I notice I keep using this word naturally. <clears throat> yeah, Excuse me. I was just about to say that too. <laughs> I'm using that. I'm saying that for a reason. And then naturally, I progressed into making my own words over this record. And it was almost like a secret thing. You know, nobody really knew that I could do it. I would be in the house. And as soon as my mom then would leave, I would grab that record. Mm. And I'd throw that record on. And, you know, I'd start mimicking what I heard on the record. Skip up a about two years now that was something that I always did not knowing that this is getting ready to become a worldwide phenomenon you know not not having no clue really just something that I was doing to pass the time of living in a place that was kind of boring at times you know like to be <laughs> but very man, you was hold on man but you was here in the city when the city was cool live live but it still to me was boring you know, like okay, okay. the only thing that made this city live was basketball. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay so that's, see, when like was, when, that's when we was on the map. See, I can get I can get really technical with this conversation, <laughs> but I won't. Okay. You know, basketball and athletics was always put over the arts here. Absolutely. I so agree. that's why a guy and it like, still is. That's why a guy like me would be overlooked. I got sitting you. right in the midst. That makes sense. You know, so 
and it wasn't just rap with me. I'm a full-blown artist. But a lot of times, these things aren't embraced in this part of the world. A lot of people yeah. just don't know how to embrace that. Now, right, back to what right. I'm saying. As I'm growing, you know, um, I was embraced by the right people at that time. You know, we did have a basketball team. We had a football team. Like, everything revolved around sports. But I was like the entertainment for a lot of those dudes that played those sports. I remember, You know, man. I became like... <laughs> That guy. So when I started freestyling, my first debut, I would get, I would have to say, would have been at a football game. It was a Marion Giants football game, and I remember the night, like like yesterday, we were sitting in the D block. That's where all the black people sat, <coughs> and um, <laughs> this is the truth. <laughs> this is where all the black people sat. You said and, D block. Yeah, D yeah. block. You know what I mean? D block. You know what I mean? But we were sitting D in the block. D. We were sitting in the D block, and um, mm. you know. That's where all the black folks sat. And I remember, I think it was my, my my brother Steve Walker stood up and was like, Reed can rap. And I was like, nah, don't don't, don't say that. Don't, don't, don't say nothing like that. Like, I don't want them to know yet. And he was like, oh, come on. And I remember it was a dude named Doc Rock. His name was Chris Robinson. And he was a pretty good MC at the time, too. And we battled, like, in that little, that little section. And that was the day that, most people that went to school with me was like, oh, shit, Rico can rap, you know? And <laughs> and that Monday when I got back to school, it was like, Rico can rap, put my name in it. Yo, Rico can rap, put my name in it. And yeah, that was yeah. like my claim to fame, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the whole school year. It's like, Rico can rap, put my name in it. And it was like, I quickly started to notice that, damn, this shit is infectious. The girls want me to put their names in it. My homies want me to put their names in it. And it just became... That was all practice, me not knowing that I'm only honing my skills, like figuring out how to rhyme all these names and, you know, put this stuff. But I'm still not yeah. really understanding what's getting ready to happen yet. So that's pretty much the birth. And, you know, going to high school for, what, four years, you know, that was the moniker that I wore until the day I left up out of here. Everybody knew that, like, yo, you, you can rhyme. Let me tell you the first time I heard <clears throat> you freestyle, man. Um, I was a young boy. And I remember I went to a basketball game. Man, you know, back then, man, if, if people don't know, man, our basketball games used to be like, I mean. Epic. It was it was like, if, really if was. you know anything, if you one of the things Marion is known for is our basketball back in the 80s when they was, man, winning back to back to back. You know what I mean? But we I remember. Champions. And, and it was like, you had to like. It was it was super hard to get into a game, but I remember one time I got into a, a basketball game. I was young, man. I don't even know who I was with, bro. I probably was with my aunt, aunt Carmela or somebody. And I remember there was a crowd standing around, and I'm like, "Yo, what are they doing?" And uh, I got I made my way through, and it was it was it was Rico. And I I, I swear to God, bro, I remember what you had on because I was like, "What is this?" What is he doing? <laughs> you had on like this uh, this jean joint. You had like a jean jacket on. Because <laughs> you always been fly. You always kept it fly. Crispy. And I remember I was like, he had this jean jacket on. And I'm just like, yo. And I known him from church. And I knew who he was. But I was just like, the he was just entertaining the crowd. And was just freestyling, killing. And I'm just like, I'm sitting there with my mouth open like, what the hell is this dude doing? <laughs> I remember so, that day. <laughs> it was crazy, this. man. It was crazy. So... I was just, ever since then, man, I've just been locked in and just like, yo, this dude is, I can't believe he could just, off the top of his head, just say these things, you know what I mean? So True gift. Yeah, man. man. It should take skill. Yeah, it should <laughs> take skill, man. Golly. I feel like everybody, well, I ain't going to say everybody, but, you know, uh, a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, had their moments, with, you know, in life 
you know, high school, early college, maybe, you know, had a little rap dreams or you got your little crew of friends who, uh, yeah, they claim they could freestyle. We in, we in the car, we uh, hot boxing and rapping or whatever the case may be. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, only only few of them actually make it somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, the ones that do. You know, you you know they really blessed with a with a real skill, man. Uh, I don't even call it a skill, bro. Not even to cut you off. Like you have people that have skill, and you have people that are gifted. I'm gifted. That's there's a difference. A skill is something that can be learned. A gift is something that's given from God. So see, I have a God given gift, and the one thing that most people forsake is their God given talent. Mm. They waste their talents. Mm. So see, me, I always knew that my gift would later on become my skill set. Mm. See, it's the way that we put words together as humans sometimes that I find that people are lazy with their English. I've been teaching a lot of people this lately. It's like we have to be really cognizant of how we put together sentences and project them into the world because words hold power and power is energy and sometimes energy can bind you up. So I always say that I had a gift because to have a gift, you have to remain in the present, right? And what's a present? They call yeah. it a gift. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't mean to get no, deep, no, but no, you know, no. that's just how I. As, that's how I flow. This is why they call me supernatural. It's not just about me freestyling off the top. It's a lot of things that came along the way with this name, and we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we have to because I, I want to, um, because I, I've, you know, again, like the the conversations that I've had with you, it's never just been like. It's always it's always been like some enlightenment. It's always just been like, yo, it hasn't just been on some bullshit. You've always said, you know, when you've had those conversations, you've had meaning behind it. And there was always a lesson in it some way. Even when I was a little dude, I'm like, what is this nigga talking about? You know what I mean? But like, I, I was always, I kept it with me. Like, right. Uh, okay. Because you was one of the special ones, though. Everybody didn't get those conversations from yeah. me. And that's why, like, when I come back and see you where you at now, it's always good to see that, okay, he took some of them jewels. Yeah, he, he, he put some of them in his pocket, and he took some from his grandmother and his auntie yeah, and his yeah. uncle. And you form this, you form your ideologies, you form your belief system, you know, yeah. and that's how you start to, to move through life. For sure, man, for sure. Um, when you left here, mm-hmm. uh, I remember you leaving. I can remember like it was yesterday. What, what was that about? Tell us about that process, man. Um, it was the summer of '88. Uh, I left here in '89, and um, it was just you got to realize at that point, hip hop was like it was on fire now, you know. And I was listening to BDP almost every day. BDP and Rakim was my favorite MCs. Like KRS-One and Rakim was my favorite at that time. And Run DMC ran a close third place. You know, no particular order, but those were the people that I really enjoyed listening to. And I remember, like, I told, I think my mom, I said, yo, I'm going to New York. And she was like, what? I said, I'm going to New York City. I'm, I'm out of here. She was like, all right, we'll see about that. I don't know where you're going to get no money to go to New York, but we, we'll see. And I started a campaign the whole summer. I hustled a little bit, went to one of my old OGs. He blessed me with a couple of dollars. You know, and I ended up getting, like, <clears throat> putting together about $1,000. You know, I was only about, like I said, 18, 19 years old. So that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I bought a train ticket. And I got on the Amtrak train with my cousins from Long Island, New York. 
Sean Marrow, uh, Terry Brady's sister. You know, he's another guy that lived in this city that was one of the first guys that I actually seen rap. And between him and uh, Yogi, another dude that we call Yogi, uh, Barry Shelley. You know, and those were like the only <laughs> two people that I Yogi. Everybody knew Yogi. Yogi, right? Yeah, Yogi. Yogi was one of the first. Yogi Yog had bars back then. He was real smooth. <laughs> like Yogi could have possibly been like a Snoop type character. Serious, okay. Straight up, like for real. Like when I think about it, but you know, he wasn't serious, but he could rap. Okay. And he was one of that. the first ones that I seen doing yeah, it, and yeah, I was yeah. like, Yo, I'm gonna do that. You know, that was I never even really say that, but yeah. So I left, and um, you know. I never forget getting off the train in Penn Station when I made it to New York, like on the Amtrak. It was like stepping off into like really like a movie almost, like like really being in a film. Like a, a kid from Indiana, from the cornfields, going to one of the biggest cities in the United States mm-hmm. with a you know at that point it was probably only eight hundred dollars after paying for the train ticket, you know. And a green duffel bag. I had like a green army bag. Army like one, boy, I remember yeah, that. <laughs> the, ruck, the rucksack, you know, and I had a big one and I used to put that, I put <laughs> everything I had in that bag and I left. Mm. And I told my mom, when I come back, I'm going to be a star. And she was like, yeah, okay. We, we even argued that day. I'll never forget it because she didn't want me to go. <laughs> she didn't want me to go. And my pops blessed me with some money too, you know. And he gave me this whole lecture about, you know, never forget where you come from, remember home base, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, all of those things. But um, as soon as I touched that city, I knew, I said, you've landed in the right place. I knew it. And I told myself one way or the other, I'm going to finagle my way into this music industry. When they see me, they're going to love me. And for about two years, I lived with my cousins in Long Island and, you know, just experienced New York life, you know, getting mm-hmm. on the train, going into the city, yeah. you know. I really wasn't jumping in ciphers quite yet. I would rhyme in Long Island, but I hadn't really got into any, like, where people could see me yet. But that's what it was like, like, leaving for the first time. is like being thrown into this new world. It's the 80s. New York is at its peak with hip-hop. Also, the crack game was crazy. There was a lot of young niggas riding around in Benzes and, you know, like BMWs and Jags. I'm talking about young cats, you know what I mean, getting money. So every every pitfall was put right in front of my face. You know, it was really easy at that point for me to take on that lifestyle and that persona. But something told me in my heart, you know, stick to, stick to what you know. Stick to what you know. So... Um, that was really what the first two years were like, like being yeah. in New York was just like really like sussing out the um, terrain yeah, and, you know, like really looking at who's who and making your choice. You know, there's a point in every man's life where he makes that choice of what he's going to do. Yeah. yeah. And I said, you know what, I'm a rhyme, but I'm going to keep it righteous. But I said, how can I put an edge on it? I was like, you know what, the only way you put an edge on it is with that red, black and green. And I, that's when I started to take on, the, you know, the militant persona, you know, growing my hair the way that I was growing it, reading certain books and refining my mind. You know, that's really how Supernatural started really mm. coming into play, mm. you know? Yeah, man, I remember, um, <clears throat> you know, as a young kid, you know, it, it's not like it is today. You know what I mean? You can go on. I always, I, and TC, you, I, I, you know, I always say this, I always say, Social media has turned this huge world into a small town. Yeah. But before, but before, uh, 
back back before social media it was like you know if you're from here you I, we thought new york was gigantic like it was another planet we was like rico made it you know what i mean when you right. left i'm like oh he's there he's he's a superstar you know what i mean because, i was just there <laughs> I was just there still yeah because you know um anyone from new york we had this mindset like ah they're in the hip-hop that's where hip-hop's at that's where it was started they're a bit you know what i mean we didn't know you know until you start getting documentaries and you start getting all these different conversations of people getting jerked or they was broke or we thought everybody was rich who was in the rap game you know right. what i mean and, right you know and we when you left i was like yo he's you know he's He's a superstar now, you know. Well, at that point in '93, yeah, man, in '93, '94, I truly, I truly was like my first record deal. A lot of people don't know. I told my mom that she didn't even really realize it until mm -hmm. about four months ago. I said, "Do you know how much I got signed for in 1993?" Was that with uh, Electra Records? Sylvia Rohn signed me. Yeah, was East West slash Electra Records. Okay, okay. They were they were a you know, they were a, okay. a, a mother mother uh, father sister label, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so mm -hmm. it was Atlantic, uh -huh. East West, and then Electra. Okay. They okay. were all they were all under one roof. Was that when you connected with KRS? I didn't connect with KRS till like a year later. When I got the record deal, the whole record deal. Yeah, thing, talk us through that. How'd you get that? Where did, where did yeah, that start? So this, yeah, so now yeah. we in New York. We already didn't jump past the two-year mark. So now I'm in the city. There was a particular time that I went to this family function with the family that I was staying with. It got really weird. One of the homies from Brooklyn was there. He was dealing with one of my cousins. He didn't like the way they treated me. He was like, yo, bro, you should come to BK. He had heard me rap. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was just baffled. This was a kid straight from Brooklyn, Marcy Projects. Okay. His name is Muhammad. So he was baffled. He was like, yo, I cannot understand how you do this shit. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And so he invited me to come to Brooklyn. I said, yeah, I'll be out there. I don't know when I'll make it out there, but I'm going to come. So after that whole night had happened with the whole night where they pissed me off, I was like, yo, I'm going to Brooklyn. In the next two days, I'm out. So I jumped on the train, the um, LIR, Long Island Railroad, mm. and I hid in the bathroom. It ain't had money to get on the train. I hid in the bathroom. And, you know, the guy came by to collect the tickets. You listen for him. Boom, he goes by. You come out the bathroom. Boom, you sit in the seat. You just grab the next ticket that's already been punched. Put it on your seat and relax. Uh, so that's what I did. So got <laughs> Finesse your way. <laughs> yeah, finesse my way there. So then I get off, but I'm not knowing. Damn, oh, you got to take the subway now to get to the projects. Uh, the LIR didn't go all the way there. I didn't have subway fare. Now watch, the only re only thing I ever see, I remember B Street, I said, oh, well, they jumped the turnstile. <laughs> so I said, fuck it, I'm going to jump the turnstile. Boom, I jumped the turnstile, and nothing happened. Cops didn't come, boom, I'm on the G train. I had only been to Brooklyn one time prior to that, mm -hmm. and I remembered this route. This is how my memory was even back then. I have a semi-photographic memory. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> boom, I get to man homie's door. All the way in the projects. He, I knock on the door. He comes to the door. He's like, yo, how the fuck did you get it? Like, you only came here once. I was like, yo, I was, I was right. watching the whole way. <laughs> you know, and that's just the type of kid I was. Like, when I got to New York, New York is such an exciting city that even walking to the store for me was an adventure. Mm. You know, so I'm looking at everything. Cars, style, fashion, girls, the different ethnicities, you know, the way the train is built. Like, I'm that type of dude. I like, I'm a, I'm a very technical and mechanical type of person. I like to know how things work. Long story short, I get to dude's house. 
we start hanging out in the PJs. I haven't seen Jay-Z back then before Jigga was super duper, super big Jigga. He lived in the projects right with my man. It wasn't nothing really fancy like that yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah. None of us was on. Even Biggie. I knew Biggie as a regular dude. You know, we, I watched all of us grow. You know, and you'll see yeah, that in the right documentary. There, that's your that's your that's your era, straight up. Right, and you'll see that in the documentary, you know, when you go check out the doc, you'll see how young I was yeah. and, and how we all were together at one time. Fat Joe, all of us, you know, yeah. like the list is infinite. So we started hanging out. Dude quickly realized that like, yo, we better put this nigga down with us. Cause he's incredible. So we formed a group and it was called Nation of the Lost Tribe. Mm. And it was me, Muhammad, this dude named Bruce, my brother O, other cat named Suhail. And, you know, we was all on some super conscious shit. Because living in Brooklyn at that time, man, it's like you had Dr. York rocking, which was the new Wabic Nation. Mm. You had the Five Percenters. Yeah. You had the Black Panther Party. You had the Young Black Panther Party. You had Takwa. These, these are all different. The Shrine of Ptah. So now I'm coming up under this regime of super, super knowledgeable people. Mm. Plus, Brooklyn itself was like, man, you couldn't walk on a corner and, and not find a book that's talking to you about you. Mm. So that became part of my who I was I started eating them books Yeah Anytime I got a chance Now Super culture shock Coming from Indi- Marion, Indiana Well I, I have to say yeah. that A lot of people Didn't realize That I was studying Even here Before I left yeah. You know Anytime I could get My hands on something That was pertaining To black culture I was about that life Gotcha, gotcha. That's why was, When I got to Brooklyn I kind of just blended in. Nobody kinda, ever assumed, like, nobody knew I was from Indiana because I didn't tell them at first. Yeah. I wasn't like, hey, I'm from Mern. Yeah, you know, that yeah. just wasn't <laughs> something that I was quick to say yeah, back then because yeah, yeah. I didn't want them to judge me. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So I said, you know what? Let me just come in under this under this mask real quick yeah. like a real superhero. Yeah, yeah. I kept my identity a secret, you know? And that's this whole thing with me is that my mom told me, like, early on she gave me comics because I didn't like to read as a kid. Mm. Not knowing that later on in life Them comics would have such an influence Over who I was Now remember Comic books at that time Had big words in them mm. You know If you're reading the Avengers Or you're reading the Fantastic Four Or anything of that nature Remember Reed Richards was a scientist They weren't using small words in those books gotcha. You know A lot of those things were scientific terms That were tweaked You know for the moment Yeah, yeah. So I read all this stuff And um to the new music seminar, when I got into that, all of those things came into that seminar with me. Mm. Since she was asking me, like, how did I get to that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get the record deal out of Washington Square Park. I, we all used to go to Washington Square. I, I've, I've seen on documentaries where y'all was all, everybody was sitting around there. <laughs> that was the Mecca. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like Rucker Park is to basketball. Yeah. Washington Square is that to freestyle. I've seen that on, I've seen that <clears throat> on, uh, like you said, docs I've watched about just different, and, and you've been in a couple, and I've just seen other people there at that, there at that. That park area. was special, man. Yeah. Like, like, we were some of the first guys to really like go, you know what? I, I used to watch other street performers, but there wasn't a lot of people that was rapping street performing. Yeah. 
because that park had that. You know, you had the you had the the uh, acrobats. They had this group of acrobats from the Barbados Islands. They used to do all of these flips. They were super <laughs> strong, like black cats. You know, yeah. flips and push ups and stuff. You had like this one dude that would bring a full size piano into the park and he would play the shit. You know, it was this. Man, it was what? It, it, <laughs> it, it, no, for real, man. Like Washington Square was like. The, the Star Wars cantina of, of, of talent in New York, mm. you know, and you just never knew who would come through there. Yeah, who would be there, yeah. So yeah. My, my time was around 3.30 to 5. That was my little, I knew that was my moment to get that my time. shit off, uh-huh. you know. So people would come off work and it would be, you know, New York is a melting pot. So you got the Asian guy, you got the Puerto Rican guy. You got the Jewish dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got the cool nigga from Brooklyn. Yeah. You got the nerdy white kid. This is all in one part. Yeah. You got the really sexy ass lady walking by in the red dress. This is all real shit every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Remember how big New York is. Remember there's five boroughs. You know, and in those five boroughs, like Brooklyn is the biggest borough out of the five. So you got to think, that's a lot of people. Right there, yeah. So at that time, as soon as that, that clock would hit, like, I used to have this little yellow radio. And if you look into one of the documentaries, I'm holding this radio. And this radio stayed with me for years. I'm yeah. actually going to buy it again off of eBay ah, just to put up in the archives as a reminder of that radio. It was my pride and joy, this little radio. Yo, there was one. It was you. I think Common was there. No, not Common. I'm sorry. Most Def. Yeah. Most was, was there in the park all the time. Yeah, it was you, Most Def. It was like it was like a group of just like... Killers. Killers right in one. And I remember you was heading it up. And I, I was like, yo, that's, it was like your, your hair was short and everything. That was the park. That was the yeah, park. Yeah, that's what so, I saw. <laughs> so when I got that record deal, it was through the park. There was this kid named Speedy Richie. And Speedy Richie was a New York bike messenger. You know, one of them dudes that deliver stuff to all of the, the record labels, yeah. all, everything. He was he delivered to everybody, Macy's, Saks Fifth Avenue. But, you know, he used to come to the park every day around the same time. And he'd be on this really dope freewheel bike. Didn't have no brakes on it. And I used to think, like, it was so dope that he could ride this bike all no up brakes. down the city with no <laughs> brakes. You know, be sliding through cars. He was really one of those dudes. But one day he was like, yo, man, I know Bobito, man. And I'm like, Bobito? Who's Bobito? He's like from the Stretch and Bobito show. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that dude. Because we definitely listened to that. That yeah. was like, that was um, Columbia University. They had their own radio show back then, Stretch and Bob. And they used to sh- they used to play, the, the radio was broadcasted out of a little uh, studio at Columbia University okay. in New York. So dude told me about Bobito. And I was like, all right. He was like, yo, I want, I'm going to get you to rap for him. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So he takes me to this white kid's house named Alex Strail. He was from Sweden, mm. and he went to school in New York, I think at Parsons, Parsons Art School. And uh, I don't want to get too long-winded, but I'm, I'm reliving the moment in my nah, head man, right I, now. I like this history. So um, <laughs> Alex had direct contacts with all the record labels. He just had, you know, for some reason he knew people because he was trying to get into the business as like an A&R so I go to his crib. Speedy Richie goes, "Yo, do what you did in the park today, for for this dude." I'm like, "Who is this guy?" He's like, "Just just do it, just you, do you it." You remember what you did? I don't remember what I said, oh, but I remember how I rhymed, and I remember the white boy just sitting down in his apartment and just like scratching his head. He was baffled at like he couldn't understand it, and so the whole kick was when people didn't understand it, they'd be like, "Do it again, do it again." 
And I would do it every time. Like, it was nothing. You know, you got to think. You 19, 20 years old. You like a cocky little kid now. You know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll do it again. Do it again. Do it again. What do you mean he didn't understand? Was it just kind of like He couldn't was, believe that oh, I was rhyming doing? in ah, real time. Ah, okay. Like, I'm rhyming about his shoes, his pants, his hat, yeah, him, yeah, yeah. him being from Sweden. How I never met a dude from Sweden. He had a funny accent. I always knew how to take the moment. Another thing people didn't realize with me. If you're talking in front of me, I'm recording everything you're saying. Yo, because I remember you used to do the voice reflections and just the, the, I'm like, yo, how the. I used to do that on purpose. I would sit and listen to people and be like, really close. Yo, TC, he could take someone's and like, like when he's, when he's, when he's freestyling, he'd do like a, he'd imitate the person or imitate a voice of someone. It was crazy, yo. I was like, it's, mm. it's nuts. <laughs> I was doing that even back then. I remember when I used to beatbox with a harmonica and. I had this like routine where I would like I would do like a Popeye you know a Popeye would laugh I used to do that and that just like back in high school that shit was like cash money when I would do that like oh you know that was crazy but you know you know how I used to see you used to do that or not used to do that but who I've seen do that is uh, Dougie Fresh Lil Dicky I don't don't know if you fool with him or not like that but Lil Dicky he does that man they be like rap like so and so and yeah impersonate you know how that rapper sounds, like uh, their rapper style. I started all of that. I started all of that, bro. I started all of that. I was, bro. I was the pioneer of <laughs> anybody that does oh, any voice changing, that's, any of that stuff, any hand me an item, any any type of freestyle tricks that you see. Man. I originated all of that, and you know, it's just now that I'm really starting to let people know that. Like, I was very humble with my approach but mm. I said why be humble man toot your own horn and I tell people all the time don't wait till I'm dead to give me my flowers yeah. I want my shit now. I, I, was about to, I was about to ask man like uh, you know you know rappers MCs you know a lot of them man they they not humble you know they tell you uh, so and so stole my style I originated that. that you know they got that from me you know uh, uh, Migos like the little triplet flow you know, everybody's still amigo style. Or, you know, they say that uh, T.I., King of the South. I started trap music. You know what I'm saying? Trap music is because of me. You know, everybody is, like, cocky about it, you know, about what they did and what they started and who's, you know, copying or, you know, mimicking what they do. So, you know, why why be humble? What, what was your purpose in being humble? Yeah, because well, – be, be, and before you go, man, what to, to piggyback off, T.C., isn't that a rapper's attitude? Isn't that arrogant – Nah, that's that that that's that's a human's attitude. Mm. Most humans have the the tendency to overcompensate themselves for the lack of ability to communicate. Mm. See, mm. I know how to communicate. So the reason that I was humble is because a true master is. I can kick you in your neck. I'm trained to do that. But do I want to do that just because I can? I only do that as a defense. But what about but what about in a thing that we call an uh hip hop? Hip hop is what we always we always label it and we always define it as a competitive sport. It is it, and you know what I mean? And it's almost kinda like to get that with that competitive edge in any other sport that we can think of. And I hate that they call it a competitive sport because we can go deeper into that, but I've always think once we talk about competitive sport when we talk about any competitive sport, we we lose our our heroes because they're too old to play the sport, and that's not true in rap. And that's why I hate that it's called a competitive sport. Oh no! Like I never looked at oh, it like no. that. I, I think I think battling 
first of all is part of that. But let me address the first part of the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, why be humble? Once again, like I said, humility is the ability to pull off of life and put yourself in a perspective where humility is a great thing. Absolutely. Humility is a great thing. Like we all to have be to conceited learn that, yeah. and to be full of yourself is to really set yourself up for a big fall. Yeah. Because there's always somebody out there that's better than you. Always. There's always somebody out there stronger than you, faster than you. So I'm teaching my son that right you now. You know, humility, humility yeah. is um is really the source of being a true master. As I was saying before, Bruce Lee was one of the greatest martial artists in the world. But he said be formless. Cause you know, and I, I excuse me if I speak in metaphors, but I make no apologies. You know, like he said, when you when you pour water into the teapot, it becomes a teapot. When you pour it in a cup, it becomes a cup. Mm. You know, water takes whatever any form you put it in. Yeah. So that's kind of like where humility comes into play. Mm. You have to be formless because when you start to be conceited and you start to be full of yourself, you're easily pegged. For sure. That nigga lives off of his ego. You become I can that. exploit him. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. that's why the industry is such an exploitative mm. game. Because you become. All right, you yeah, following yeah, me yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. When you take the ego away, okay, why you think, look, I'm going to just keep it a buck. Why you think niggas love chains and shiny shit? It's pageantry. Mm. It's pageantry. It has no relevance to our culture. Mm. So what? You got a choker on my dude that costs $50,000. There's a kid that might need a, you know, mm -hmm. some schooling mm -hmm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. So what, my guy? Your watch, your watch is 150000 I don't really give a shit about that if my people are suffering. yeah, yeah. And if you're you notice they chokers too. <laughs> and, and, and here's another it, thing. Nah. Here's, they been really, us? they really do be on that, dog. It's like, what's what's going on, bro? It went, you went from, it went from like chains hang down to your dick to the choker, the tightest <laughs> of chain you could possibly wear. Yo, brother, brethren, this is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but, but Rico, before you go, man, oh, let me oh. ask you a question based on that, off that what we're saying. So, um, you're right, but hasn't that been our culture? Let's take a, let's before before hip hop. I know where you're going. I know you the going. beauty of us, our people, was always we're going to take a little bit of what we have and make it look great. Yeah, but at the end of the day, if you broke and don't have nothing to show True. for it, you just look great. Yeah, yeah. See, that's it, not building a kingdom. You're right. You're that's right. That's building. Right. That's building a facade for a day. For sure. For sure. You and know, that's been our culture for a long. You know, time. and that's why we lose quite often. Is that you know we don't we don't think for the future. We think for the moment. For sure. And you know It's definitely part of our culture Like if you look back Into the 60s and 70s You know the real fly clean. cats Was the pimps And <laughs> the hustlers Them was them dudes yeah. And you know the ball players You know Walt Frazier And Clyde Drexler Was two of the flyest dressed men I ever seen in my life Yeah, You know what I mean I used yeah. to I used to wait for that Little moment where well, Look at your grandpa Look yeah. at them back in the yeah, pictures I mean my man. pops Even shining. my pops You know My pops was a real fly dude You know So I, I get all of that And that's part of it Because naturally That, that innate energy that we lend to that part of life is is truly from africa you know at the beginning with kings and queens you yes, know yes. and that i'm not saying that wealth should never be exposed it's a different from it being exposed and another thing of it being flaunted and that's and i get it that's exactly you know right. and, and when you flaunt your wealth in front of people that aren't wealthy and look down look down upon them because they're not that's when I find that a little bit disturbing. And that's what hip-hop kind of turned into for me. Absolutely. You yeah, know, yeah. and when I started to see that, I knew early on, I said, I don't want to be part of that. I, I would rather rhyme outside the realms of that 
instead of putting myself in a position where I'm looking and going, I remember when I used to have, I remember when I had the, and I'm only speaking about something that's material. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I had the, the biz back yeah, in 86 yeah, with, the, you know, the 22s or the, you know. Yeah. And, and the sad thing about this town, even that we live in, a lot of people couldn't identify with my success because I didn't flaunt it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went to Paris before niggas in Paris was ever wrote. <laughs> you feel me? Like, <laughs> you, 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 feel, you feel me, bro? I was, I was, when, 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 when Black Thought says I stepped off the stage at Elise Momar, something, something when I stole a piece of her heart. I've been to Elise Momar yeah. with Black Thought in the back, burning it down. Yeah. You know, so these are things that happened with me early on. So I was able to identify with the cultural side. And when I did that, man, I will never, ever, ever look back. Yeah. That's part of me forever now. The yeah. locks, the way I talk. Look at my articulation level. Yeah. Most black dudes can't even have a conversation. And I mean this, a lot of the hood niggas, mm. you know, they can't have a conversation on an articulate level without right. saying, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Mm. No, I don't know what you're yeah, saying what because you said that 23 times <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, a con in a conversation that lasted 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I love um, I love what the NBA has done with a lot of these players and putting them in these classes to where they can have a conversation after the game and yeah, be articulate. And, and I'm like, man, I'm so glad because some of these dudes would get on there and be like, like you just said, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, bro, come on, man. You know, like you but have now such these dudes an influence, that, you know, you have yeah, an influence. And now I love that the NBA did that because it's like it's not only that you are you know, not making these dudes look ridiculous, but now you say you're influencing a child to be able to say when a mic's put into his face, he's able to give you a rundown of, of like the post game interview without saying, you know what I'm saying a thousand times. Right. You know and I just so, think that that was always part of it for me. So yeah, yeah. humility. And then, you know, the second part of the question was, um, if I wasn't mistaken, like how did I arrive at what were you saying? Like, how did I arrive at the, the musical side? Of that, like, yeah. Or I think I, I, I don't. I, I, I kind of lost my train of thought. Yeah. Um. Me. I think I was going with you know, and I, you kind. I think you answered it. We were just talking about the competitive. I was talking about oh the, the competitive, competitive side. There we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we were. Yeah. So the whole competitive thing in hip hop, I think. Because you got to talk your shit. You got to like, talk you your shit. Fuck with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you do. Know you I, mean? ha I have that moment where I let it go, but I let it go on the right ones. See that's the thing. It's well, like I'm certain, glad you're saying this because certain I have certain to talk. guys, certain guys, I have a certain respect level for, and I know you super nice, and I know you on my team, even yeah. though we might not rock on the same team. Oh man, we on the same team, so I'm like, all right, I'm not going to give you that heat. But yeah. if you cross me, or you try to make me a clown, I'll, I'll, then you know. I'll <laughs> be able to defend myself lyrically. And this is the thing I noticed in my thirty-something years of being on the mic. There's only a few cats that ever had enough balls to ever say, I want them bars Speaking of that, you. you know, I want that heat. Speaking of this, man, and I said it in the beginning, this is the only time that I've ever been. I've had emotions of, uh, you know, like, that's my team. Is is uh I remember, bro, it was back when VHS was out. You know, we was all, everything was on VCR. Yeah. <clears throat> and somebody popped his, the, the, the VCR in, and this is back when, uh, you know, it wasn't no YouTube. There was no World Star. There was not. It was all like you had to get a. It VC was word of mouth. You know? Word of like mouth. You know VC somebody that got the joint. So I remember watching this this tape, man. And you was on stage, killing it, ripping it, right? 
killed it. The crowd's crowd is going, and this is at the time when you and Craig G was going back and forth. Oh yeah, that was the first time. And um, I, I was watching it. You know, the crowd was going crazy, and then the MC got on the mic and was like, "Yo, but uh, we got somebody here for you." That was Aunt Marshall. And 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 I remember you saying, "Oh, this is what y'all trying to do." You seen the setup from the very beginning. Absolutely, I knew what was going on. You said, "This is what y'all." Tr-. I remember this like a verbatim, bro. And you said, "This is what y'all trying to do." Uh, I see what y'all trying to do. And then, and the MC was like, uh, "Craig G's in the house," and Craig G comes on stage. And he's walking back and forth like he, you know what I'm saying? Like he is a terrorist and he's just walking back and forth when the crowd's going crazy. And uh, and 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 uh, Super Nat was like, ah, okay, I see what y'all trying to do. What y'all got? What y'all, what, what we going to do? And then um, they was like, uh, Super Nat, you go first. And I remember. Well, the beat just came on. Yeah, the beat came, yeah, 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 the beat came on. Came on. They just, and I'll never forget it. They was playing Ill and Out Scratch. Yes. Where my homies I remember them. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember bro. it very clearly. And I remember you started off, you was like, you grabbed a mic and you was like, what, 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 what? You just start killing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, this is the, uh, and this is the first time I remember when Craig G, he mentioned Indiana in his rap. Yeah, and that was, the, that was one of the lines that uh, kind of like turned the tides that night. Because a lot of people didn't know I was yes. from Indiana at yeah. that point. But the whole thing with the Craig G battle was Bobito, once again, that name will come up again, is that Bobito said um, on the radio, yo, it'd be really dope to see Supernatural and Craig G go at it. Yeah. Because Craig G was like this freestyle dude. But at the time, I didn't know this nigga was stalking me, you know? Like, he was coming to shows and watching me in the audience. And, you know, he was picking up intel, per se, you know, like, at that time. Yeah, yeah, And, um, and I, the crowd was swayed for him, for well, sure. Well, in the beginning, if you listen to the first, my first go, it was pure bullets, him tick. Yeah, As MC yeah. in Jamaica, him tick shots. Yeah, And, yeah, you know, yeah. I just gave, I gave him he shots. Kill- I remember. And um, I gave him enough shots. And then he came back, and I remember as soon as I stopped rhyming, it was almost like the audience just turned the volume down perfectly, and he he started rapping, oh. <laughs> and he went up, right? And he said, uh, Buster Ill Flow Magnetic, I can still remember it. He said, when I, I'm, I'm never under pressure because I'm burning them like gasoline. Call 911, it'll be a drastic scene. Mm-hmm. He said, Ill Style, Real Style, um, you never could kill style, but here's something that you'll feel, feel child. And then he said, when you go back home to Indiana, get Mike Tyson out to slam yep. Right? And it was always one of those lines where people were like, well, you know, because Mike Tyson was actually locked up at, at the like time. I remember yesterday, dog. And, um, Somebody Indi- else used that line. I don't. I think that was him. No, no, no. Somebody else used that line later. Oh, you talking about Nas. Nas. Yeah, Nas. yeah. I think that's where he got it from. Because you remember Craig G is from Queensbridge. Nas is from Queensbridge. Now, here's the thing. Who said it first, though? Craig. Okay, yeah, I, not, I think Craig. Because I remember, I remember Nas used that used that line. And then KRS One is from the Bronx, and the, the the rivalry was between Queensbridge and the Bronx. Yes. That was how it went. Yes. And yes. I was part of BDP at that time, but Chris wasn't there. Oddly enough, he didn't show up till after all of that shit was over, mm. and I was on my way out because I was heated. I was heated and I had to get Because he won the crowd After that line Yeah I had to get on the train And ride back to Brooklyn That night Which was probably One of the longest <laughs> Which was one of the Longest rides of my life Like oh, Because man. you gotta understand At this point I had a I had a radio show On the biggest radio station In New York I was I was on the radio On Kiss FM That was with Red Alert Wendy Williams I knew Wendy Williams Before all of the Plastic surgery All of that Type yeah, shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like for real For real Like, like she had the Top 8 at 8 
My show she was, was every she Thursday. Was, she spoke on the radio for a while. Yeah, my show was every Thursday from ten to twelve. It was called Live from the Underworld with the Freestyle Fanatic, MC Supernatural, DJ Enough, and Inno Casico. DJ Enough that went on to be on yeah, Hot ninety seven as well. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't know my history. So it's like this documentary that I'm getting ready to shoot is going to be very comprehensive and really going to kind of like set a lot of things straight. A lot of niggas is going to get exposed to, you know. Mm. And, and yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of exposure. See, because I'm grown enough once again and articulate enough to be able to deliver it in a way gotcha. where if you feel offended, it's because you did it. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> I'm ready for this then. Yeah. Hey, so, so do you he think. Was, he, he knew Wendy back when she was on a Martin show. <laughs> no, you remember That's when she crazy. was on the Martin show? Look, it's funny you bring uh, that yeah, up. Look, watch the radio, this. Hold the on, radio hold conference. On. Hold on, look, look, stop, stop, stop. For real, yo, listen, yo, listen, yo. listen. The mm -hmm. guy that you see her standing with in that TV show, yeah. that was my boss. His name, lying. His name was Vinnie Brown. <laughs> his name was Vinnie Brown. That was my boss. That chunky man wow. with the little bald head that was on Martin. That was my boss. His name was Vinnie Brown. He wow. hired he hired me in 1994 based off of a freestyle that I did on a boat in San Francisco. We used to go to this thing called the Gavin. And the Gavin was like the place to be. That's it. Imagine the Black Expo of hip hop. Mm. Put it like that. In the Bay. Okay. In the Oakland. I'm talking about everybody. So yeah, I want to go to talk about Oakland. But 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 before we go, let me That's ask you a question. Crazy. <laughs> was that that battle that day best learning lesson of my life did you, do you consider that a loss never okay never i would never take it as an l because of the way that it was done it was dirty it was dirty that's what i said you know, I, I that was the would. first time i was emotional hip-hop because i saw you. how dirty it was everybody like, seen it anybody rico whole that, team that's dirty how they do it because anybody it was, it was that seen it, it anybody that seen that knew that yeah, that was that was dirty that was super clear and very obvious that you called it out you said i see what y'all doing right like ah okay and, and like, that's hey. why they didn't like me you know they didn't like me but let's go to the second part now now this was crazy. Let me tell you, the name Supernatural has always been appropriate. I remember the second battle because things happen supernaturally in my life. I remember after this, you know, this about a year, maybe a year or two after it happened, bro. So I'm recovering, you know. I'm kind of picking up the pieces because it really stunned a lot of people at that moment. They was like, "Yo, we thought this nigga was invincible," and. I wasn't that I thought I was invincible. The people kind of put that on me. And when that happened, it was like, wow, he he, he lost. You know, and I, I said, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. So I had to live with that for a year. So this is when humility kicks back in, gentlemen. You know, you go into this shell. It's like losing a championship. Mm. It's like four seconds left on the clock. They shoot you to rock. You do the Hail Mary shot at the end. You the star player and you miss. Yeah. And you got to live with that. Especially back then, man, because your recovery, a lot of times if you lose in today's time, let's just say a battle, you could bounce back quicker because you could see the document. It could be documented that you yeah, work. You got the internet. It's the internet. You could be like, yo, I'm going to put out another dope freestyle. Or you can explain your story and what happened. And then you can be like, you know, it's, it, you couldn't do it back then. You just nah, had to I couldn't. But see, <laughs> I didn't realize the magnitude of my power back then either. I could have ran to any radio show. Yeah. Matter of fact, to be quite honest, one of the highlights of that battle was, see, that this is the part you didn't get to see, mm -hmm. T, was that um, 
the next week, remember, I'm telling you, I was on High 90, I mean, Kiss FM yeah. with Wendy Williams. So the next week, I had my radio show. I launched missiles on everybody. Funk Master Flex, all of them got it. That's why Flex still had a little energy towards me to this day. Mm. Because I got on the radio. I had my show then. I didn't give a shit. I said, everybody's getting it. Anybody that was laughing, anybody that was in the audience that I seen, everybody's catching these, 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 these bars right now. <laughs> and I went up, and the way we did it was, way me and you got these headphones on right now, my man was in the other room. Now, you know, this is before you could listen to all of this stuff, yeah, so yeah. We, was, we going analog. He has a radio listening to Hot 97, and he's going, yo, Craig G just said, whoa, 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 whoa. But I would get on the mic and go, Rrr. we was battling literally on two opposite radio stations with kids uh. at home turning the knob from one station mm -hmm. to the other. Like, I had dudes come up to me in New York and say, yo, y'all had me wilding in the house. They going back and forth. <laughs> on the radio. You know, it's not like we even standing in front of each other. Yeah. But then the second battle. Was, I remember the was, second battle. That's why I said these supernatural things happen, right? So I'm on my way home. Once again, I'm in the city. Went to go see a little shorty in Manhattan. You know, I'm, I'm walking. I used to love to walk down Broadway and then catch the train across the bridge. It was just something that I always liked to do because I would run into people. Yeah. And I'd do it purposely. And no matter if it could be 2 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the day, if I walked up Broadway, I was always going to run into somebody. Mm -hmm. So I was walking up Broadway, and I seen this dude. I want his name Blue. And I can't remember the other guy's name. I know he was a 5%er, but I, it, Wise, that was his name. Blue and Wise. They were the other two dudes that was down with Lyricist Lounge. Mm. You know? So, they see me. they like, yo, there goes Nat. They come right over to me and they give me a flyer. It says, Craig G performing live at the Cooler, April 23rd. I said, oh, word. This is my birthday. I said, God, you are truly good. I'm going to go murder this nigga once and for all. <laughs> I don't care if there's a crowd. If there's no crowd, he's getting this work. Period. Yo, you get all this is documented on YouTube. Yeah, so I went. I remember I had, I still remember exactly what I had on to this day. I had on a pair of black nautical boots. With a pair of black army fatigue pants, you know, the cargo joints. Yeah. I had on a black fat farm hoodie, the swishy kind, with a with a vest over it. And I had my hair braided back. So that night you couldn't really tell who I was even when I came in the joint. I came on some real ninja vibes, like for real. <laughs> so I remember like um I remember getting inside and I was at the bar, bro. It's like this is like a movie to me almost, like reliving. I'm at the bar, me and my brother Omar. And we talking about, yo, you know, what's up, bro? You get ready, you, you going to body this dude? I'm like, he's getting it. He's getting it all tonight, bro. I said, as soon as that nigga says my name, I'm splashing him. Period. So. Because he, he's living off this battle. That yeah, he, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. So he sends one of his emissaries over to talk for him. You know, like, dude comes over. He's like, yo, Craig says y'all should really, like, do this at a different place and get some money. I said, later for that. He's getting this work. Go tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> Later for that, that. He's getting his work So it, I, it comes time for the show to start And I'm sitting outside I mean I'm sitting outside the stage You know like watching him He gets on the stage And he could not help himself He could, I knew it He couldn't help himself I was waiting for him too Said your name he, he, he said like the first four bars And then he said 
some some it's actual fucking up battle that nigga supernatural. And I jumped on the stage and it was on from there. <laughs> and you could go watch this. You could go see this. And, yeah, it's, yeah. and you know, it's kind of like a crazy battle because we yelling. We very, you know, it's really emotional. Yeah, it's highly yeah, strong. Yeah. But if you one thing you'll notice at the very end, he drops the mic and gets super mad and leaves. I mean, you can hear the mic smash yeah, to the floor. Yeah, yeah. Goes, and, I, and you kept ripping it after that. Yeah, I kept going. I yeah, said, yeah, And yeah. then I keep, if, you, if you hear on the tape, you hear me go, I just want to battle. I just want to battle. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the security guard was like, he told me, like, one of the dudes that was the bouncer, I seen him, like, two or three years later from that night. Mm -hmm. And he said, yo, bro, you really hurt dudes' feelings that night. Yeah. He walked up the stairs really hurt. But for me, it wasn't as much of, of um, wanting to battle him as more of me wanting to claim back what was taken from mm -hmm. me that night. Yeah. It didn't really matter that. There wasn't a there, there was a nice crowd there, but the cooler was a really small club. It was like yeah. a really small, compact club. Yeah. But it didn't make any difference because the people that were there that seen it, they'll never forget that night as long yeah. as they live. So that's, that's not one of, like that's one of the stories. Yeah. That's not like when you was in Chicago. No. No, yeah. Chicago was with Juice. Juice, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, but that was in L.A. Yeah, that, battle, right. that battle, that was in the Chicago. No, that battle. Actually, he's from Chicago. He's from Chicago. That's right. Yeah, I thought that was in Chicago. Yeah, you guys was on stage. It was a large crowd. Oh no, that was big. Now, it that was battle. Huge. That battle took place at the Reseda Country Club in um, California. And uh, J.U. Ice. <laughs> yeah, so that battle was very unique because um, that one was prompted by Sway. Sway and Tech, and if you know who Sway and Tech is for the people out there, I wanted to there. go there about you guys on the, uh, but we could talk about that battle. But I want to talk about when you was on the Wake Up Show and how they would always bring you up. Well, that's how that battle started. Oh, okay. The Wake Up Show was like the premier show in Los Angeles that everybody wanted to be on. If you was an MC and you had bars, you could go to the Wake Up Show. Even if you didn't have bars, you know, they let you get up there from time to time. Be like, hey, man, you got to come back next week when you get a little tighter. You know, we give you a little more time. But and it was Sway and, uh, Sway and Tech. Sway and Tech, yeah. And Sway, um, Sway and King Tech. Yeah. And uh, I'm still friends with both of them to this day. Actually, I was in um, Rome with Sway about three years ago. We had a great time. We both hosted the Red Bull International B-Boy Championships together. You know, so I still do a lot of stuff. I'm very active in hip hop still mm -hmm. to this day. But um, yeah, so the Wake Up Show was just like one of those places where everybody came to get their bars off. And I remember I would go like I was a regular. Like anytime yeah. I was on the West Coast, I could just walk up there and go in. A lot of cats couldn't do that. And they would just they would just throw words off and just have you freestyle. I, I, I listen to it all the time. <laughs> yeah, so that was like like one of my second homes outside of Stretch and Barbito. And um, I remember like. You know, about four or five years removed from me running back and forth to LA, they called me one day, and uh, Sway was like, actually it was King Tech. King Tech called me and he was like, "Hey Nat, this is Tech. Yo, we had this idea, bro. Like we've always had you on our show, and you've always been a top freestyler. And we got this kid named Juice. You know, he's been on. Our show. I didn't really know about Son at that yeah. point. I kind of knew, but I didn't really know who. Then Juice was. battle Eminem. Yeah, in yeah. the Rap Olympics. Yeah, Rap Olympics. Yeah, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. In the Rap Olympics. So he beat he beat him. He beat Eminem yeah, in the Rap did. Olympics he beat him. that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Juice's claim to fame. He beat him. You know, him. like I beat Eminem. Yeah, yeah. So um, long story short, they were like, yo, we got three rounds and $5,000 and a plane ticket to California if you could beat dude. Man, you killed him, dog. And I murdered this he fool. murdered him. And that's still documented. You can look it on YouTube. He killed you. Killed yeah, him. and the thing that was so crazy about that night was... Like, 
I had this one dude from Brooklyn. He used to play for the Brooklyn Knights. He was a football player. His name was Moose. We used to call him Moose. Mm -hmm. And actually, he's in the movie Juice. In the scene where where Tupac is in the elevator and he pulls the gun, uh, okay, on, yeah, on, yeah. and there's this big black dude oh, standing there. Yeah, you remember me? You know what I mean? So there's a there's this big dude in the back, and that's Moose. And I had made this onk for him, like an Egyptian onk. I, I'm an artist too, yeah. so I had carved this onk out of aluminum, and it was so big that nobody could wear it but this cat. <laughs> right. So he came to the battle with us that night, and. Um, he was in the bathroom, and I remember, you know, he came out the bathroom, and he was like, yo, Nat, you know this nigga's in here talking mad shit about you right now, right? I was like, yeah, I figured that. He said, you better not lose. I'm going to beat you up. You know what he was saying? Like, like, <laughs> oh, like, like, like jokingly, but this dude, <laughs> no, this, this cat is like like 275, pure muscle. You know, Matter of fact, you'll see him come pick my hood up, my hoodie up off the floor in the battle. When I say, let me take my hood off. You got the nerve. You're not a freestyle MC. Now you're getting served. I'm superb. That part right there. Yeah, so when I, when, when okay. I, So that's him. Okay, okay. That's my man, Moose. Man, so, I, I'm telling you, dog, this is how obsessed I used to be, man. I used to, I, I watched that over and over. And I used to, like, know your, I, I knew your lines, bro. <laughs> I yeah. used to be on it. That was <laughs> a special battle. That oh, battle, yeah, destroyed him. that battle actually reinstated me fully back into, like, yo, he's a Don still. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Like, Nat yeah. is still that yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, up to then, you know, people, I was traveling all over at that point, but I didn't realize, like, how significant that would be in catapulting me back into the game. He had one round where I was like, hmm. I remember his best round. His best round was when he said, uh, you you, um, you studied my style. It makes me wonder, buddy, because you're not even good enough to be my understudy. Yes. That was the one line that, that one I, round. I yeah, always that, I was remember. like, ooh, he can't. But the rest of it, you kind of. The rest of it was yeah, garbage. It. Yeah, you know, bye-bye. But, um. Yeah. We moved, you know, from that battle, you know, things just started to take off all over again, you know, and that's kind of been like my career is like, yeah, because I chose to be a particular way, it kind of stifled me in some ways, but I'm not ashamed of that. Like, I chose to be right, you know, yeah. and when I say right, I don't mean in the sense, I mean of righteous, you know, I chose to have a yeah. righteous stance and I understood that there's not another medium in the world that will allow a young black man from the ages of 12 to 60 <laughs> mm -hmm. get on a microphone and speak to the masses yeah i mean you you can have a podcast you can have a tv show yeah. but i'm it's talking more about having a up, direct yeah. link to people sure. through your voice for sure malcolm martin marcus all, all of the great leaders, you know, black leaders that were either assassinated or murdered, that are no longer here, they only lived to do one thing. Yeah. That was address the people. Yeah. And try to clean up the neighborhood and try to give black For people sure. Sure. an alternative besides being pimps, hoes, yeah. hustlers. You know, these people were very significant in why I chose to speak the way I speak to this day. Let me ask you this question, man. Um, you know, I guess there's 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 always been this um, a thing about, you know, people who who do the battle rap and who who's the freestyling. And I guess the the cross with making music, making albums, you know what I mean? Is there a gift and a curse there? Is that kind of like, all right. 
I think it's a myth. I think that you know what I mean because I want to you know like because if you think about it like a lot of those guys who've been in a battle rap or who's the freestylers it's like no Supernat we want to hear you we make wanna, albums yeah yeah you know what I mean like has that has that been kind of like a uh, I guess in a way you could say yeah but you know prior to battle rap they always just say freestylers don't make good albums but how many true freestylers did you really know at that point mm. think about it yeah. I was probably one of the few, you know. And um, the battle rap guys, they said they don't translate well to record. Right, right, Well, right. why would you? You're a battler. You're a boxer. There's very few boxers that can translate into MMA ring, mm. you know. So they stick to boxing. Most battle rappers don't try to promote albums. They live off they the battle. They stay battles. in that battle, yeah. Yeah, they the stay battles. in the battle realm. But me... There's been a couple who tried to step out and try to do it. You know, I only know. battled because that was part of MC. I never battled because that's what I wanted to be. Yeah. I always wanted to be an artist, and that's what I turned out to be. Gotcha. You know, I really enjoy music. Totally. I just don't rap anymore, you know. I, yeah. I do reggae music, do hip-hop. You know, I have a plethora of styles that I choose from. Yeah. This next album, though, is going to be very interesting. I guess, so, yeah, that's what I want to say, man. What, what's, what, uh, what is uh, Supernet doing today? Yeah, let's get you to know, the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, the We new can stuff. stay in the old I'm world forever. It's, it's great. It's, I can stay there forever, too. <laughs> yeah, it, but, but going back to the battle, guy stepped out of battle rap, and I don't know how deep he was into it. I mean, I think Meek Mill did make a, Meek Mill has made a great transition into. Oh, yeah, I mean, but look at who he's with. You know, yeah, like when you, yeah. when you get with, all it takes is one person to put you in the limelight, bro. When yeah. you're on the screen, and I see this just from this documentary airing this week. You know, when you're in the screen, you, you have to understand humans are humans. So yeah. most of us grew up living through what? TV. Yeah, yeah. If you had never been to New York, when you seen B Street, you was like, oh my God. Mm. Does everybody rock pumas and spray paint? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no, they don't. Yeah. But. This is how we see it coming from a small yeah, town, sure. you know. So we live like I said back when I, my perception of New York was, you know what I mean, like in the beginning when I right, told you. But it was like, very much like that. Don't get me wrong, yeah. like it was definitely that. But then there was a whole nother cultural side to gotcha. New York that was so beautiful. And I was very fortunate to be part of that. Very, very fortunate. So, you know, um just just to bring it up to date and like what I'm into now. Is yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, I'm a visual artist. I don't know if you've seen any of my paintings on Instagram, but Yo, for sure. that's um, something that's an outlet. You, you guys can't see me right now, but I'm smiling. But um, it's a very beautiful outlet for me because I got to express a side of myself that a lot of people just never knew. Mm. You know, even like my mom, when I started doing it, my mother is a, has been a catalyst for many things in my life. And she was like, you you need to use that talent. You need to use it. <laughs> I used to buy all the markers. Yeah, you you're not using yeah. your art talent. You can draw cartoons mm -hmm. and you can do this. Yeah. And she used to say that to me a lot. And I didn't really understand. Like I was like, oh, well, I don't want to do cartoons. I don't. I don't. You know. Yeah. I wasn't into that. And then one day I just picked up a canvas, and I expressed myself. And once again, just like when I picked up and I flipped that record over and started freestyling. It, felt that same feeling. I felt that same feeling. It was. Mm. The, I looked at a picture that I started. I was like, "Wow, I finished it mm. from start to finish." And I was like, "Okay," and I started small on the smallest canvas. Yeah. Now I'm doing canvases like you know, ten feet tall, ten uh, feet wide, like yeah, now. Yeah. And you know, like I wouldn't change that for the world either. Like these are the things that I'm doing in the now. 
Hell of a producer now. Once again, had to learn how to produce out of necessity. I'm not paying you 10 G's for a beat when you're going to go sample the same record that I can go buy. Mm. Okay? Mm. So I'm going to learn how to make beats. I think I'm going to learn how to make beats. And my mom them gave me a big box of records years ago. Big, big box of records. Matter of fact, there's some records over there in that cooler right now. Some of those is going with me. She don't know that yet, though. Shh. <laughs> <He> said, Shh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the records played a big part in it. And, you know, that's the other thing that's beautiful about our era of hip-hop is that, and this is where I think the disconnect comes in, gentlemen, with this generation and the generation of all. Yeah, I, I was going to go to that. I was going to ask um, what you... It, it's natural. It's just we segue into these things naturally. Yeah. Um... The the, the, the the gap comes because my mom, my pops, my uncles, anybody in this city that was black in Marion, they always played the best music. That's one thing I will say. This little city mm-hmm. had great taste yeah. in music. You know, now they didn't know everything. Yeah. But see, this is where the different sets of people came in. You had some old dudes in Marion that liked jazz. You had some old dudes that was into funk. You had some blues. cats that was rhythm and blues. You know, yeah. that down-home Mississippi yeah, blues, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then when you put all of that into one big ball, and you go through your pops and your mom's records that want to see. Because when couples get married, what happens? Their uh, records become come, come intertwined. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this real talk. This is how I think. This is yeah. how I move. This is how my mind works. So... The day that they gave me those records, I took them back to New York. And I, I was taking the records to producers and going, can you? I would hear the sample mm-hmm. and be like, can you make this for me? And they would always start to beat out a certain way that it would go left. And I'd be like, damn, that's not what I wanted it to sound like. Mm-hmm. You know? Listen, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to do it myself. So I bought my first mm-hmm. drum machine, taught myself how to make beats all over again. I mean, it seems like it should, I mean, with you being right there around it, it seemed like if you just pay attention a little bit, you're going to, you know what I mean? Like, I was paying attention, but I was more into the rhyming. Uh, I just, like, like when KRS-One brought the SB-1200 in, I'm looking at him, but I'm like, nah, I'm trying to make this hit record yeah, yeah. because I got Sylvia Rhone breathing down my throat, you know, asking me, where's your album, where's gotcha. your album? You got to remember, the lady that signed me signed Gerald LeVert, In Vogue, Pete Rock, Yo-Yo, the Lynch Mob, Das Effects, Brand Nubian, Busta Rhymes, Leaders of the New School. Okay, I wasn't on no small label. I was on a major label. I signed a record deal for a quarter of a million dollars when I was 19 years old. My first advance was $250,000. See, two hundred and fifty thousand was like You feel me? Like yeah, yeah. like I'm 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 nineteen years old, my dude. I don't know nineteen. I, I don't know shit. Kind of I don't know shit. Yeah. I don't know how to manage money. I don't know nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm walking around and I'm learning as I'm going. And a lot of people just don't know this about me. And it's nothing that I choose to share all the time because it never was about the money. It was about the life lessons that I learned along the way that really formed me into this man that I am right now. I was just in England three weeks ago. Mm. And the dude came up to me and he said, man, you changed my life, bro. I'm in the Philippines. Hey, you're responsible for the freestyle scene in the Philippines. So mm. y'all don't get to hear none of this. Y'all don't get to see none of this. But these are the why, things why that Why do you I- think that is, though, man? It's like, because I know we talked a little bit off mic, man. And um, 
we talked about like like I said like when when we had these conversations about freestyling and we 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 have this talk about the history of rap you know why is it do you think that like you know I'm dangerous do you hear the way I talk do you hear my was mentality? it because of the way you went like you said you were with the five percenters you was oh, I'm just telling black you, I just told you all you have to do is listen to the way I talk the most dangerous thing in the world is an articulate nigga mm. And I say that word nigga loose. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's I'm right. saying I, that at, to, to make a point. Just kind of like that with uh, the Lauren Hill layer. I add a motherfucker so you're ignorant. Yeah, it's like yeah, that kind of yeah. like, yeah, to help um, And I, me personally, I was a revolutionary. I, I chose to study all, anything black. Anything that was black. Look at where I came from. Look at what happened here. And people don't understand. Like I told my mom this morning, that is the reason. I will always be a professional black man, a pro. Yeah. See, when they say pro-black, they get it twisted. Pro-black does not mean that I'm radical and I'm going to throw a Molotov cocktail through yeah, your window. Yeah. Pro-black <laughs> means exactly what it means. Professional, professional black man. Yeah. I, you know what I thought, man? Honestly, <laughs> ever since I've been following your, you know, like I said, man, I've, I've followed you from rapping at basketball games to... You at rock the bells to everywhere. You know what I mean. I've always wondered, like, because I never truly knew what happened with you and KRS One. Oh, and it seemed like to me after that connection you guys had didn't work out, or it just seemed like whatever happened. You know, of course, we didn't have the internet. There was no way for us to get the, the oh, the, this the happened, this happened, and this, yeah. or the rumors, or the, you know what I mean? It was no, it was no shade room to tell, you know what I mean? So I always was under the perception that there, that disconnect was almost like the black ball or the, because of the respect that people gave KRS. Um, and, and I, I didn't know I whatever happened. I can't really say that was it, but I mean, you're not the first person to say that. I mean, I went on to work with Chris later on after all of that happened. The thing that I will say about KRS-One, KRS-One did not co-sign me the way that I, he should have at the time. I felt the same and, way. And, 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 and the, I always felt that he was, and, and I don't know. A I hindrance just, instead of a help. It almost seemed like he had like this, again, I'm a fan looking from far. And I'm always I'm always team Super Nat. Right. I always thought there was like a jealousy thing. Like, yo, Super Oh, Nat. it was. It was. KRS can't do what he does. It was. Know? But then what happened later on is when he took me on this last tour. When we decided to, you know, and it was random once again. I mean, because he didn't co-sign you, like I'm like. No, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. And I, I'll tell you one thing, and you getting you getting an exclusive jewel. I'm getting ready to say I've never even said this in an interview before. We were in Virginia doing a show, me, BDP, Channel Live, KRS One, Freddie Fox, and myself, and um, we was there doing a the show. And KRS One used to love to pull me up. And try to throw me on stage right after he would do South Bronx. Thinking maybe that I would crash and burn. Yeah. Are you stupid? I live for these <laughs> moments. First of all, I, you you one of my heroes. He was my hero. So I was like, man, anytime he gives me the chance to get on I'm the mic, I'm, I'm ripping. I'm, I'm going. I'm going nuts. And uh, I remember Smooth B was there that night from Nice and Smooth. Yeah. And I'll never forget. He pulled me to the side. He's like, come here, young guy. He said, I see something in you, man, that I don't see in a lot of cats. He said, but that guy, you know, he's cool. Don't get me wrong. We love Chris. 
He said, but he ain't never gonna let you shine on the level you're supposed to. He said, if I was you, I would you do better on your own. And I remember just looking at Smooth B and all I could keep, you know, I'm just looking at him. And I remember I just seen Smooth B about a year ago at this little spot we go to in LA. I ran into him and I asked him, I said, yo, bro, you remember the night? He said, man, don't even, of course I do. <laughs> and that and that was like the first time that I got warned about him. Chris had Chris is a beautiful person with an ugly ego. I'll tell him that to his face. And then if he want to get them bars, we can get them bars. Because I'm actually thinking about challenging him just for GP. I remember, you know, just, I remember just, he said something one mm. time. I remember he said something one time. He says he has bars. Uh, whatever. That's bullshit. <laughs> I, yeah. ran, I rode around the world with this cat. I know exactly what he I have bars for every MC. Yeah, he has bars. If, if you're in the top 25, yeah. then I've got bars for you. Yeah, Fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, every I, yeah, yeah. Me and Chris, we have this relationship that I love KRS-One. Do not get me wrong. But me and KRS-One could have ruled the dance together. And instead, he wanted to sit on the throne and have me play like I, I was a second-class citizen. And and did he, he did he diss you on a song before? Never. Jay Ruta Damager tried to. I thought I thought KRS One did man like said some like little sneak stuff. No, Busta Rhymes. I think Busta Rhymes did, and I know I I think um for sure Jay Ruta Damager did because he said it. He said I'm the real supernatural. So check it out. And I remember it was I forgot what song. I think it's uh, the Sun Rises in Brooklyn or something. Okay, something, okay. something. I don't know what song it is. Please don't quote me on that one. But I do know he said that. And I remember running down on Jay Ru when he said that in um in the village one day. And I was like, Yo, you the real supernat? I said, Let's get a bar then. What's good? And he backed down. There's dude. Trust me. There was a lot of dudes that knew at that time, this man will go for his. But once again, when you're a true master, you don't swing your sword just for fun. You know, and that's what I started to realize is I had to mature with this beast that grew inside of me. You know, I was a young, I was just full of fire, man. Like, I, I just wanted to do that. And, and you know, I had to I had to mature with it. And, and I'm very grace, grateful and um, thankful for the experiences that I've had up to this point. Like, even with yeah. KRS and and all of those things, like, I would have never thought that I would have been able to uh, finagle some of the things that I've done at this point. Nice. You know? yeah. yeah, man, I was uh, I, I was going to ask you is if you can go back and change. We kind of answered it already. I was going to say, if you can go back and change one thing, anything, what would you do different? Nothing. Would you have... <clears throat> You said you hid your you hid your you hid your identity. What, do you wish you would have expressed that more of who you where you were from, who you nah, were? Nah, because I once again that goes back to the whole comic book thing. My identity was exposed. It wasn't exposed through Craig G. The people that truly knew me, yeah, they knew who I was, and those uh, were the only people that I needed to know at that point. You know, and as far as to answer the question, would I change anything? Absolutely not. Because the one thing that I understand as a man of 49 years old with two grandkids and a son now is that the ups and downs that we experience in life, the pitfalls that we experience in life, the triumphs that we experience in life, the love loss 
the love gained. You know that we experience in life. These are all lessons that form you as a man. Absolutely. And if you can't take those lessons and write a book with them, you know, and, make, and write your own story, yeah. then you'll forever be trapped, you know? Mm, so sure. I never lived my life with regret. Come on, bro. Watch yeah. this. I've been to Africa, Switzerland, Australia, Rome, Spain, China, Belgium, Scotland, Ireland, you know, getting ready to go to Saudi Arabia, all over the United Kingdom, you know, Tokyo, Thailand, Talking on the mic. Bangkok. You know what I'm saying? This is all rhyming. I'm from Marion, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Marion, bro. Yeah. I'm getting ready to fly to Dubai in October. My name is universal. Sure. I don't have to boast. I don't have to brag. When you see me, you ever seen a pennant out of place on me, bro? Yeah. You seen that? What you say? You was always a dapper dude. That's easy to do. Yeah. I got a million pair of sneakers. That's easy to do. But to lift a kid up mm -hmm. out the gutter, to give a kid a jewel and tell him, hey, pull your pants up. Yeah. When you walk into a room, represent yourself a certain way. When you shake a man's hand, put some heat on it. Let mm -hmm. him feel it. See, this is what we need to be teaching the youth. Right. And this is what makes me dangerous. Mm. Okay? To answer all questions. You see how we go full circle? Yeah, so yeah. when the gods build, we just call that building destroyed. We just built the tower. Yeah. We broke it back down. And we built it back up. For sure. We just did 360. Yeah, 360 yeah. degrees make a full circle. You understand? For and sure. that's the only way you make a full man. You can't live life 50 50. Right. <laughs> I'm living 360, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's me, man. That's that's the philosophy of Superman. Yeah, man. So, you know, you talked about the art. You know, what what is what is something that you, I know you say you're making music. What is something that, you know, the listeners, you know, us, that like you want us to look for in the future? Like, this is, you know, what you're doing now. And I have a new that, album coming out real soon. It's called King. Okay. And King means knowledge is nature's gift. If you've noticed, like most of my albums have been acronyms, mm. spit, spiritual poetry, nice thought, you know, and then the first album that I had was Natural Disasters. Yeah. But um, this particular album, man, I'm so excited because... Is it rapping? You said Jamaica? You said it's, Jamaica. it's rap, it's dance hall, it's, it's world music, okay. it's, but it's all hip-hop based. Okay. And like, it's basically... Everything you heard in this conversation mm -hmm. on wax. Ah, nice, nice, nice. Everything we talked about, the history, the ups and downs, the in-betweens. I'm just I'm trying to be as... Music is about being honest. Yeah. Some of the best songs that we still sing to this day are honest music. For sure. You know, you can sing What's Going On. You can play Marvin Gaye What's Going On <laughs> right now, and it pertains exactly to where we're at right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And see, and, and, back to, and back to what I was saying about my mom them and the records and the, and the generation thing, because I lost my train of thought, and it just came back to me again. This was the connection with our parents. Today Was a Good Day by Ice Cube is the Isley Brothers. Mm -hmm. So when those records mm -hmm. used to come on, your daddy would be like, boy, that ain't nothing but the Isley Brothers yeah. Ice Cube rapping on right there. Me and your mama back in 76, we used to cut a rug on that shit. Yeah. You see, there was a correlation. All the Snoop stuff was Parliament. Boy, that ain't nothing but Boosie Collins and them Snoop rapping over. Boy, back in the 70s, me and your daddy, me and your uncle, you smoke grief yeah. and listen to that. Yeah. You see? Now the music has been so digitized, 
is so computerized that the algorithm is controlling the kids. Mm. Huh? Come on, man. The algorithm is controlling the kids. That's what's raising them. Yes. They're no you name you name a little kid right now that plays the flute. Yeah. Or the tuba. Or a drum set. And if you if they do, we gotta go look for them. Yeah. We have to put in hashtag little kid plays drum set. Right, right. And right. then we see what comes up. You know, so And the algorithm is you right, man. It's so that's why I, I build on the level I build. That's why my philosophy will always be the same. Because I come from a place where they say a black man or a nigger could not make it. Here's the thing. Where we live, come on, bro. Let's just keep it real. I'm sitting here talking to a black fireman from Marion, Indiana, where they threw a noose at a black man. You want to talk about it or you want to be pussies about it? Right. Me a bad man this, so I talk about it. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to talk about it because that's the problem with black folks. Mm -hmm. They take us and they stifle us. They make us afraid to even have a voice. That's exactly why we do the Stakes Aside podcast right here, baby. You hear me? <laughs> and so when, 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 when you, you hear me, you hear me. That's so why my, we do this when, here. When my brother baby. came and he asked me, he said, yo, big bro, I really want you to get on the thing. You didn't hesitate. You, you know why I didn't hesitate, though? Because of who you are. Yeah, man. You wasn't no, you wasn't into drugs. Yeah. You know, you, you you would hang out on the weekend and have a little bruise with everybody and shoot yeah. shoot the rock and you know yeah, play basketball hooping, and yeah. hooping and <laughs> laugh with all the big OGs. But you would go home to mom. You would make sure mom was good. You had family that cared about yeah. you. That's I always had the, I always had like older cats like y'all. Well, I would tell you to take your little ass home at I a had like, point. I'd be like, yo, get out of here. It's time for you to bounce. Like, you, know? you, Chip. I had all the like older cats, man, that was like, all right, you good. It's time to go home. You know what I mean? Right. For me, man, you know <laughs> you what? Straight. I don't want I don't ever want any brother from this city to ever uh, ever think that I don't love Marion, Indiana. I do. Marion made me. Yeah. But New York embraced me mm -hmm. and the world loved me. Mm. You know what I mean? So my education, I couldn't pay for this. A lot of people went to school and got degrees. Well, I got a degree in life. Yeah. Look at all the places that I've been. Came home with not one scratch. Yeah, man. I'm loved in Africa. I have a family in Africa. Yeah. My wife is from Germany. Matter of fact, the irony of even me meeting my wife on tour with KRS-One and her name, her government name is Melody. Karis One's first wife was named Miss Melody. Mm. I mean, little things like that yeah. to me is always like, like some people go, oh, that's so weird, but it's not weird. Everything has a place in yeah. my life, you it's, know? It's it's supernatural. You feel you feel me? You feel me, uh, T? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you know I'm you know what I'm saying like, and these these things are all relevant, you know. And um, I'm just glad that a young man like Darius, you know even has a vision to even have a podcast you know yeah, that's man. that's that's dope i mean it, i did it for the things you just said man i was thinking it was just like you know you can sit around and complain and you can sit around and talk shit but what you gonna do about it and you know what i mean and you know tc and i man we here to try to you know you making a had difference. that voice had that voice as black men and you know like you're saying make a difference some way somehow regardless if it's having an author on who's promoting his stuff or us just talking about manly things you know what i'm saying right. and one of the things that i'm going to try to do here in the hood we're going to try to heal the hood a little bit we're trying to open a smoothie bar here 
in Marion, Indiana, eventually. It's going to be called Supernaturals. Hey, man, you know? I'm down. You got, and, you got um, this Texas high support for sure. You, know, you already said something to me. We really, to wanna, sure. we really, really are trying to do this. You know, I've always had a great knowledge of health, you know, in the last 10 years of my life. My life yeah. has changed drastically. I was like 285 pounds out of shape. I couldn't do two push-ups. You know, now I'm jumping rope, doing yeah. 100 push-ups and lifting weights and doing a million things but it all came from nutrition before the physical part yeah. you know and I think that one of the reasons that we lose as black people is that we're scared to change our taste palette because a lot of black folks think they're yeah. eating good but they don't know that their body is only tuned into three things sugar salt and grease yeah yeah, it needs some more salt. You know, and, and that's what and that's what the diet consists of. No matter what food it might be, it's those things that that make it make your palate. Yeah. You know, you you become tasted to this. Yeah. So what I had to do was I had to break my taste buds down mm. and reverse that. Like I had to do a reverse process on myself yeah. and get to this point. Now I'm 195. I'm slimmer. I move better. Yeah, I seen you. I seen you jump a little rope, people, man. People, people think you I jump a rope younger. like uh, Roy. Remember Roy Jones? No, who was it? Uh, somebody. Yeah, I think it was Roy. No, Floyd. Floyd yeah. was oh, on yeah. there. He was looking like Floyd. Man. I love. I love the rope. I love the rope. The rope is like my key to keeping my sanity, man. Like that was another thing. Like even when I learned how to jump rope, I used hip hop. I took three songs that I love, my three favorite joints, you know, like rap joints, yeah. and I would jump on the verses and rest on the hooks. Ah, okay. And and then I would add a song on every day once I got my era until mm. I had 10 songs, which was 35 minutes. You know, like everything is methodical with yeah. me, bro. And I think over the years of just, I was telling somebody this the other day, I've been freestyling off the top of my head since I was... I would say 11 years old, right? 12. I'm 50 now, right? We're getting ready to be 50 in April. Mm -hmm. What do you think that did to the elasticity of my mind? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. See, it's bigger than rap with me. And I'll always say that. People always decrease me to that. But I truly believe I was put here to be a leader. I was put here to open up. The, I've opened up a lot of people's eyes, even in New York. Mm. There's a saying, you know, there's no saying in the Bible that says, um, you can go around the world and be revered as a prophet except where you were born. Mm. I, that's some, one of the most profound things I ever heard, and I, it, it made total sense to me. Absolutely. Because if you was walking with me in the other side of the country right now, and you see the reaction yeah. that I can, I can even, if my phone's on, I could just turn, turn it on right now and show you how many people thanked me when they seen me again on the screen the other day. Yeah, yeah. This girl called me from Philly and was like, yo, it was crazy. This is a good one, too, just to show you the world we live in. Mm -hmm. She said, oh, I really think you're incredible. I seen you on the screen. I've looked up your music. I went and did this, and I want you to help me with my rap and my image. Mm. Watch this, guys. So I click on her picture. She got all her shit out. Mm. Ass, titties everywhere. Now, as a man in this game, I could have been a wolf. Yeah. Could have exposed her easy. Right? But then I thought to myself, she says she wants help with her image. Well, maybe that's the image she's talking about. And maybe you got to look beyond the physical and actually do what this person is asking. Mm. So instead of being the average, you know, dog 
Because they say all oh, men are dogs. Right, you know right. what I mean? You know how women are. And I guarantee you, if I showed you this girl's picture, she ain't bad on the eyes. Right. Not at all. Right. But I have to make those decisions. This mm. is when humility and responsibility comes with your gift. See? Yeah. It's easy to go out and abuse your gift. Now, I had my summer. I had my hot summer. <laughs> you know, I was about 27. Oh, I was man. doing exactly Traveling what a 27 year old should have been doing. You feel me? At that age. Yeah. But at the same time, in my back pocket was always that book of wisdom, that mm. book of knowledge. Yeah. That's why most of the chicks dug me anyway, was because it wasn't always about the rap. It was about, damn, you got something in that brain. Yeah, yeah, you can have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, conversation as well as execute a lot of other yeah, things. Man. Yeah, man. Well, man, we're going to get out of here, but I got a couple questions that's huge, and you can make them quick. Uh, yeah. We ask people this all the time. Your top five MCs of all question. time. I do too. I do too. It's so hard. Oh, it's so hard. With a passion. But but why you do that? But but you have to. You have to. I hate this question with a passion. Oh, if I had but, a dollar for everybody to ask me, this, that's why I just said. That's I why would, I prepped it like I that. Be, I would be. I wouldn't even be here right now. I'd be somewhere on the beaches of San Tropez chilling or something. But but <laughs> stupid rich. But. <laughs> But I, I, I ask that because we we anytime we have hip hop we've had hip hop episodes and we ask people that right and it's interesting to hear people's answers because it's based off with how they feel ah man for me the only reason I said I hate that question is because once again I'm gonna draw back to my comic book references Marvel Universe is called Marvel Universe for a reason. Mm -hmm. Everything in Marvel Universe is intertwined or connected in one way. If you know anything about Marvel comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm talking about predating the movies, okay. But if you look at every film, it sets you up for something else. Okay. So, um, I would say my foundation rappers. This is what I call them. I don't like to say my top five. I, I call them foundation rappers. And I learned that term in Jamaica like years ago. You know, they'd be like, that man, their original foundation. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like <laughs> yeah, that's how they must say, like, them, them artists, them men right there, them original foundation. I, I feel so the way. foundation rappers, would, for me, would be Rakim, KRS-One, Big Daddy Kane. And then if I had to throw in, bring the volume up to some more current guys, I would say Pharrell Monch mm. has always been one of, just his his ability to weave stories has always been amazing to it's me. hard. And then Nasir Jones, you know, like. You these, Nas, okay. Yeah, these guys to me, but see, I hate even doing that. I but, really but, don't like saying that because it's, it's me, hard. It's always I hard. I like yeah. hip hop as a whole, as a universe. Because tomorrow you, know, you could say five different. You know, I mean, like I like J Cole, I like Kendrick Lamar, I like uh, what's his name, YMB Conrad, that little young dude, I, uh, the light skinned cat, kind of hazel. Oh, uh, oh Corday, 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 Corday. I always call I'm him Conrad, Corday. Always mess his name up. Hard man. But what I like about I'm what I like about that, Shorty. Though. Nah, bro. See, look, people got me all twisted. They don't think I listen. And I can put you on the music you ain't never heard in your life. I'll drop some artists yeah. for you to go listen to right now that's cold from the other side of the pond. Right, right, you right. know, but, um, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, um, for me, these younger these younger cats like him, oh, Anderson Pack, love him. Like, one of my uh, favorite mm, dudes. Like, uh, Pack is, like, uh, ferocious. Mm -hmm. You know, um, these guys like this, you know, Cole and Ken and, you know, 
Con, the dude you said again. Corday, I, what is his yeah. name again? I got White, White, yeah, Corday. Corday, I yeah, got it forever. Corday. Now I got it locked. <laughs> Guys like him, you know, yeah, I'm gonna lock that in because I've said his name in interviews like three times wrong now. He's probably like, damn, later for Supernatural. <laughs> but um, it was funny. I was looking at Fat Joe and Big Pun in a like an old picture then, you know, on Instagram, and I noticed that he had he had hit them up and he put the little goat symbols after. I said, look at Shorty. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to yeah, me, I'm like, yeah, look at Shorty. Like, he yeah. know where to go. Yeah. But see, this is what makes him so unique. Because he knew where mm -hmm. to go. He yeah. separated himself from them. I can do what y'all do. Yeah. But you can't do what I do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Big Pun, too. Big Pun was one of my favorite. And, and look, it just goes to show you, like, you never know who's watching you. Like, I, I think I met Pun one time and it was in front of SOBs and he jumped out of a bins with Fat Joe and got in a cypher with us and we rapped for like 30 minutes he jumped in the bins and left and he told me yo nigga you super nice and then about two years later I'm riding with DR period who produced a lot of big music for MOP and we was living in Brooklyn you know he lived around the corner from me so I used to go to DR studio yeah. all the time but we went to the city you know going out in New York was a big deal yeah you, you know, it was just a big deal. Whoever you was with, you know, and everybody wanted to stunt. So I remember we was riding back home, and we was listening to the radio, and MOP was playing. It's a song called New York Giants that featured Big Pun. And Big Pun said, I'm shooting at you, and that's off of the top like supernatural. I'll leave your body dead and stiff like a Medusa statue. And I'm like screaming out the window because I'm like, yo, he was being a, he was being a metaphor. Craig Mack, uh, Craig, uh, Craig Mack from... Um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. bad boy. Uh -huh. He, he. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I was at a show in Cincinnati one night. I'm sitting in the bleachers with KRS One. We're watching Craig Mack, Mary J. Blige, like bad boy tour. Yeah, this when me and Chris was tight. You know, yeah, like yeah, my, yeah. my big bro. And uh, Craig, uh, Craig Mack is on stage. And he says, uh, "It's called Making Moves with Puff." Uh -huh. Is the name of the song. And he goes, "Super fat, duper that, ride with the super that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people always knew. Yeah. You know, so these these MCs had. A lot of influence on me. That top five question is always yeah, rough, yeah, though, yeah. bro. But man, I think you know, and I think you know the respect of hip hop. You've always gotten that, man. Anybody talk about anything, your name is mentioned, and they just be like, ah, oh, yeah. You know, from the from the top of hip hop to the whoever in hip hop when they mentioned mentioned anything about. You're gonna love the Netflix thing. He, I can tell. I'm, I'm, you're you gonna know, call me tomorrow. Be like, like, yo, bro, I yeah. watched it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if he had to watch it first, you would have came in here on a whole okay, other okay. vibe. You no, but it. I've always seen people, man. I always seen anytime your name was brought up, no matter who it was from the top of rap to the whoever. like when Black Thought said told his story about me on um the Combat Jack show. Okay. Combat Jack used to be his name was Reggie Osei. Oh yeah, oh yeah, come on. He Reg was a he was like big time. He was one of the first rest in rest in peace, Reg. Like yeah. Reg was my man. He's one of the first one to do this podcast. Then. Well, Reggie, Reggie, you know, let me say this about Reggie Osei real quick. It's like I, I'm glad that maybe you guys, these people that hear this podcast, are gonna get. I know you're gonna hear a lot of names you never heard, and you're gonna go look these people up, and it'll be it'll be. If it you listen be, to podcasts, they know Combat. Yeah. They, so Reggie Reggie was a black lawyer though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Reggie worked law for a lot of the hip hop dudes. So when um, Black Thought was on his show and he told this story, it was so dope to me because I had told this story to many people just in chilling. Yeah. And then he he brings this story up and I'm look, I'm look, looking. He's like, Reggie Osei asked him a specific question, uh -huh. and this was really dope. He said, "Have you ever been shook?" And Black Thought goes, "Well." I, I I never was really shook, but 
I, I remember when, when I heard the Nas album for the first time, I was in D.C. with this dude, Supernatural. We was at these girls' crib. This is before <laughs> the, 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 the yeah. pop-off. You know, like, we, we still, we, we in the underground. People know who we are, but there ain't no big contracts yet, quite yeah. yet. And I remember the girl was playing the, the Nas album. Illmatic. Yeah. Okay. For the first time. And we all in there listening. And we like, yo, this shit is Illmatic. For real. Like, this yeah. shit is crazy. Yeah. And so he leaves. I leave. You know, we don't think we're going to see each other again. Then me and him bump into each other at the bus station like 40 minutes later. Uh-huh. You know, we end up going to the same yeah. spot. And so he's like, yo, you want to smoke a blunt? Let's smoke a blunt. We came outside. We smoked a blunt. And later on that night, I go up to New York. He's coming up to New York with Scott Scorch mm-hmm. in the car. We bump into each other at this club again, you know, and yeah. it was called Giant Steps. And Giant Steps was like an improvisational thing where you had to play the, you know, everything had to be off the top. Yeah. And so he comes and he sees me and my brother Muhammad and me and my clique doing our thing. He tells Reggie Osei on the show, yo, I went back to Philly that night and told the Roots, if we ain't doing it on this level of better, nigga, we're not doing it, right? Ah, <laughs> and you can go look that story up right that now on dope. Combat Jack. <laughs> All my stories can be corroborated. Yeah, you know, man. a lot of people sit and they tell things. You can't yeah. really corroborate the story. <laughs> With me, you can't. You know. Yeah, man. So that's the, that. That's how them top five MCs. That, that you know, even though I don't like that question, I yeah. try to put it in that perspective. I like to hear what people say because I can't. You know, and people always debate people's top five, but I'm like, no, that's their top five. You know what I mean? If you throw a person in there that you don't agree with, that's that person's top five. You know what right, I mean? Right. So that's what made them create, you know, a part of hip hop that made them feel however it made you feel, whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, I had to, I had to. I had you to said there was that. two questions, that one and one more. Mm-hmm. You said the top five one and you said yeah, something said. else you always ask. What'd you say, TC? No, I was. I, see, I don't know what. I don't oh. know what the other one was. I don't know what you was going to oh. ask. Me. I was going to ask. Um, do you ever feel as if? What do you ever feel this retirement conversation? Never. Do you ever, okay. All right, all right. I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> that was quick. Never. That was real. <laughs> Never. And I'm gonna tell you. Hey, I'm gonna tell so you because hard. because you. Hey, Nick, <laughs> Nicki Minaj retired. You you heard how fast I came with that with TC. Yeah, she pulled that shit. I, I freestyled hey. that shit quick, didn't I, TC? Yeah. <laughs> quick, quick as hell. Nope. <laughs> no. No. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I don't even discuss that. Because look, man, nobody told John Coltrane he was too old to play a saxophone. Nobody told Bootsy he can no longer pluck the bass. But is retirement always mean you're old? Well, no, so, no, no. Listen, what I just said. Okay. John Coltrane true. played his. True. John Coltrane played his saxophone till he died. For sure. Bootsy is still. Yeah. Bootsy was on American Ninja I, I Warrior did, two weeks ago. Bro, I just I went to a Bootsy concert. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> okay, I went so, to it the Vogue. <laughs> okay, so look, so look, so what I'm saying is, this. I love Bootsy, man. Wait, time out. Wait, time out. Time not, out. not, no, not. Are you saying you're saying Bootsy Bootsy Collins? Yes, and he was on an American Ninja show? Yeah, with with one of the contestants. He was from he was from Cincinnati and he brought Bootsy Bootsy out with him. He didn't he didn't compete. He brought Bootsy out with him. No, but I'm just saying, still, he brought Bootsy out with him on the stage and you know, I was like, damn, is Bootsy on Ninja Warrior? My mom was both like, Damn, that's Bootsy Collins. But Bootsy's still living he's still living in Ohio. But this is the thing, man, like 
us as rap Who's rappers, that? we love to put our MCs out to pasture. The only time you retire in music to me is when you no longer do the shit good. That's why I hate the word competitive you, sport. You no longer what? Watch this. I'm gonna give you this one, and I want I'll keep it short. There was a dude named Sugar Man. There's a documentary called In Search of Sugar Man. And there's also a documentary called The Black Godfather that's on Netflix. The Black Godfather is about this. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. Okay, so, yeah. so that guy signed Sugar Man 40 years ago, right? Uh-huh. 40 years ago. He had a record label called Sussex, Rec- Sussex Records, which was the word success and sex together. He said, what's better than that? You know? So mm-hmm. the, I, forgot, I can't remember the brother's name, but the, that, the documentary, The Black Godfather, it, does, it doesn't come to my head. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, forgive me. But Quincy Jones and them all told him he was crazy. What the hell did you sign this guy for? Folk singer. What the hell are we going to do? People didn't know that his music became the soundtrack to the apartheid movement against fighting apartheid in South Africa. He became a star. Mm -hmm. He was a folk hero in South Africa. 40 years later, his daughter finds him in a halfway house living over a a house in Philly, you know, over a storefront in Philly, and tells her dad, hey, you're a star. Mm -hmm. They flew him to South Africa, 45 years removed of him rocking his first record. That's crazy. He comes off the plane and the South Africans go nuts. Love him. Nuts. Mm. Mm. He's living in obscurity, bro. He was living in obscurity for like 25, 30 years. Didn't even know he was huge. Didn't even know he was huge. His daughter had to tell him right. with the advent of the internet and that with these tools we have now, yeah. why would I retire? I feel you. You feel me with just, what we just, got now? I just wanted to ask. Man. Nah, and, and so retirement. People do it though. Well, retirement is not part oh, of it. I will oh, always oh, be a musician. Yeah. What'd you say, TC? Oh, oh. I was say Hope said he was he was done after Black Eye. When you see he came back, uh, Nikki Nikki Minaj said she was done. Like bro, bro, last bro, 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 bro over the weekend they, was like they I, all I, say I that shit for soon. conversation. If you truly yeah, love the art, yeah. if you truly love this yeah. art form, you ain't going. And you still nice at it. Why you think I started training myself and changing my physique? I said, wow, all I got to do is switch yeah. up. Get on that mic. So when people look at me a lot of times, they go, damn, bro, mm-hmm. what you been doing? Oh, my God, you look so good. Yeah, uh, what, you know, And that was all because I said, this adds life. This adds life on it. But yeah. if you give up, I will always do something in the creative field. I got you. Forever, for the rest of my for life. Sure. Jo- uh Jones' uh, favorite MC said this was his last album. You already know who I'm talking about. Are oh, you talking about Jeezy? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't get mad because I like. He said, he said this was it. He said this was it. He said he uh, done. Nah, he'll man. be back. He'll be back. They don't go nowhere. That's that. what I said. They all say that. Hell, name nah, name one of them niggas that ever never that, that retired and never right. came back. Name one. Right, yeah, right, right. You right. won't go. You ain't gonna find they one. Do, man. Jeezy's my. It's your he's my favorite wild card rapper. That's my wild. I throw that wild card in there on y'all. <laughs> you know? So, so you know, like for that me, there's trash. there's no retirement. Yeah. There's only um, advancement. That's what's up. I always tell people this, and I leave you guys with this one before you I gonna go. spit no bars, man. No bars. I, in interviews like this, I really. I, what I can do though is I'm gonna do a special song for the stakes is high. That's what I like. The podcast. I owe you that one. I'm gonna give that. All to right, you. I'm gonna hold. I'm I'm but a, I want to give you this jewel, right? If you if you think about life, man is only designed to move forward. How can I make this a truth for you? 
Take a long look in the mirror and look at how God designed your body. Your knees point forward, your feet point forward, mm. your fingers point outward, your eyes point outward. Everything is pointing in the direction where you should move. We don't move backwards in life, gentlemen. We move forward in life. Yeah. The body is perfectly designed for that. If you walk backwards long enough, you're going to trip and fall. Yeah. If you walk forward, you stay balanced. You can see everything coming in all directions. Move forward, gentlemen. Never yes, walk sir. backwards. Hey, TC, he on that, uh, that's that, uh, yeah, that, no, that's that, uh, no backward steps, baby. That's the alpha, that's the alpha phi alpha, man. <laughs> that's what I said. No, no backward no steps, backward man. Stepping. No, we both, no backward we both steps. Are, that's how me and TC know each other. We both in the, uh, we went to Ball State. And uh, we both uh, pledged Alpha Phi Alpha. So, right. The yeah. Alpha man is a different type of man. First of all, you got the letter A, which is the first letter of the alphabet. On, and then you call yourself an Alpha. If you're an Alpha male, then you move like a silverback. The silverback is the king of the jungle. Come on, uh, man. The lion. You know, there's many different attributes to being an Alpha. And then you take, would you say Alpha what? Phi. Alpha Phi Brotherhood. what? Alpha Phi Alpha. Alpha Phi Alpha. Now, look, there's two Alphas. Yeah. The Phi is just a, 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 that turns it up. That's like Wi Fi. You know what I mean? That turns it all away. <laughs> you feel me? Everybody can tap into that. Yeah, you yeah. know? That's and, the brotherhood. That's what it is. But I will tell you, gentlemen, this. It's always good to be part of that. The only reason I, I give the alphas a pass is because y'all do have a little bit of African connotation. Come on, man. But at the end of the see, I know. Okay. Don't think I don't know. <laughs> I know a lot of things that people think I don't know. Oh, I love, I love One of, look, if you walk the burning sands with your man, then I understand what that oh. is. See, I know what that <laughs> Cross is. Cross the burning sands, baby. Yeah, you crossed the burning sands. One of mm -hmm. one of my first managers was an alpha. His name was Cam, you know, and he's still very proud of that. My mom loves him to this day. Uh, um, so he always used to talk all that alpha oh, stuff yeah, around yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one thing I always used to give him was that it's good to be an alpha, but don't never forget that you're a black man first. Sure. The Greeks were freaks. Oh, that's yeah. all they ever were. Yeah. That's that's an old term. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the fact that we, it, it's just so weird how we take on things as black people that really don't belong to yeah, us yeah, it's yeah. like a man that calls himself i'm a scottish right mason you're not scottish <laughs> yeah did you, you did you hear me and a lot of people get mad at me for this but i just say what is true us mm -hmm. as black people we adapt to things except the things that are ours for sure for sure but believe it or not man that's uh, why i said there's a lot of african connotations yeah with for sure deal with. yeah that's what i said our greek letters have nothing to do with greek I know. It really, yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. see a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, for sure. For you sure, know, like sure. even with the black fraternities, are exactly what they are. The first fraternities, they're yeah. frats. Yeah. That means we get together and we fraternize and yeah. we speak about certain things. For sure, for sure. Once again, semantics of words, bro. If you understand the semantics of the English language, you will never be dumbed down. For sure. And you'll understand where you're going, no matter oh, if you're yeah. alpha, a five percent, a black Israelite, or whatever you are. <laughs> if you understand English yeah. and you simplify it, and you start to take those words in and you put them in the proper context, you'll yeah. never go wrong. And that's that's that's, that's my two cents for yeah. tonight. Yeah. Before we go, you said you had a documentary coming out. Yeah, we're working on this currently. It's just going to be a documentary, basically chronologically putting my life together somewhat what we did tonight but a lot more deeper a lot more extensive with stories from Kane and Chris and yeah. the, all the people that I've Marsha yeah. Ambrosia uh, uh, so. uh, Estelle all of these people have seen me at one point or another 
You know, I know all of them. Little, I remember Little Estelle, the girl that sings, you'll be my American boy, mm-hmm. to join with Kanye. Mm-hmm. I remember Estelle coming to a place called The Real Deal in London and, and, and fighting her way through the crowd, just like you said you did, yeah, there is, yeah. and standing there looking at me like, wow, look at this dude, this super nat, you know, like, I've had those moments many, many times now in my career, and and that's what's so dope. So this documentary will really that's what's up, man. take us down that wormhole. If you ever, if you come back here for any part of it, man, please, I want to be on camera because I oh you're going to be on camera. Oh, bro, you have to be. I, I, I remember from day one, bro, just like seeing, like you said, walking through that crowd, trying to see. I'm a element in elementary school, and these kids are surrounding me. I'm like, yo, what is this? Oh, it's going <laughs> down like this. Yeah. First of all, we gotta come here. Yeah, there's yeah. a big part that I really want to do with this. You don't even understand why all I got right, up cool, my sleeve, cool. man. I got something really. Dope all right, man. You sleeve. told us two things. You got a stakes as high for us. You got a song for us. Oh yeah, that's going down when I get home. I'll bet. I'm gonna bless you with that when I get to the house. Man, man I appreciate it. Mm. We have. I didn't care what the time was on this one, man. I want to. You might have to edit it up. No, a little bit. no, no, no. I'm giving this raw everything right here. Right. I, I gotta have it, bro. This is this was he was dropping. It's giving us some history, dropping some jewels. It's everything I expected. That's what I wanted it to be, man. Everything I didn't try I to get. I'm sorry if you know at certain points I get long winded, but it's like old wise cat told me when you get a chance to be on the airwaves in any form, don't waste it. Don't waste it because it just might touch an ear that might change a life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of took that on. Like I said, anytime I I train, dude, this is funny, but I trained myself for interviews before there was classes for that shit. I would sit in the mirror (laughs) and be like, I would write questions down and be like, how would you answer this question without (laughs) seeming stupid or something or embarrassing yourself or something? I do that too, man. When I have a guest, I try to like at least try to format a few questions and just kind of figure out how it's going to go. Sometimes it changes because a lot of times we just have a conversation. As you said. But I still try to, you know what I mean? Still try to like at least try to think like all right what i'm gonna say so but no nah, man i appreciate it man um man much love nothing but love yeah man and uh we gotta do this again and i just want to tell you fam to untc i'm proud of you guys man um it takes a lot to uh be dedicated to i mean you got a nine to five and that's where you get paid but it's what you take on outside of your nine to five yeah. that keeps you a lot yeah. And it's kind of dope that y'all are sitting here having these conversations and yeah, this dialogue man. with different people, man. And I would just, I'm putting my blessings on this show. Um, if there's any way that I can help bring this to a bigger format, send me all the shows. I'll start tagging people on Instagram. Ah, man, you can put some of this up on the gram. I can let people know. Go check out the Stakes is High podcast. Ah, dope, you know, I have a nice following. And. If we can, you know, even sometimes I might even try to get y'all some artists on here. Like oh, I can say, on, hey, man. my little brother in Indiana yeah, has a Stakes High podcast. Can y'all call in tonight and you know have, on, have the brothers? You know, I can have Planet Asia, Charlie yeah. Tuna. You know, some of the some of the dudes. You know, di- yeah. dilated peoples. You know, yeah, I know yeah, a yeah. lot of these people. Alchemist. Yeah. I know Ghostface. I know all of them. So on, if there's certain ways that man, we can maybe even if get, we gotta travel, yeah. If there's ways that I can get these dudes and say, hey man, could you do me a solid? Yeah. My little brother in Indiana got a dope little podcast, but uh, you know what we gonna try to do though. If we don't get nobody else, we gonna get Maceo from De La Soul to talk to y'all. Oh, that'll be because hey. it's a stakes a high podcast, oh, right? Oh, that's that. Come on, man. That is. T- two years ago, he DJ my birthday party in Denver. We had an incredible night. That's what's up. My man, man played some of the most incredible music for That's my birthday. Up, man. So these yeah. are all my homies, you know. Yeah, I'm a you know whenever it is, man. We're gonna you know 
we'll 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 get that man I'm, uh, you know i'm gonna stay you know um i'm trying to come out like i said we'll talk about it uh, yeah man we'll come out yeah, yeah 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 we'll uh we'll get that popping man for sure but man everybody this is supernatural man uh please if you don't understand and don't know what we're talking about just put his name in google youtube and be amazed like everyone most people are once they see mm-hmm. once they see his his art form and what he does on that stage it's ridiculous so but um hey, and y'all can follow me on instagram at mc supernatural or follow the hashtag mc supernatural or the hashtag father freestyle yep and we will have him tagged on all our uh on everything we'll have you tagged on all our stuff so we always so tc and where can they find us brother at Stakes is High Pod. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of our episodes you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or interested in being a guest on the show, please shoot us an email at StakesIsHighPod at gmail.com. Chill. Chill. Thank you, man. My love. And uh, safe travels tomorrow, yes, man. You're yes, headed back. Yes, yes, well, this stops on Wednesday, so you'll be back home in uh, L.A. now, man. L.A., what's up? I wanted to ask you, man. L.A., you left? Man. You left. Um, I left New York only simply because I got an opportunity to be the host of Rock the Bells. And the guy that ran Rock the Bells, he thought it would be a bright idea for me to be in L.A. and okay, be closer, okay. you know, being selfish. He just wanted me to be around him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it boiled down to. And, yeah. You know, I'm working my way back to New York slowly, but L.A. did give me an opportunity to get out of this, the, the rat race for a minute and kind of focus in and that's why i became a better producer and a better artist that's what's up isolation makes creation and you ain't messing with you ain't with none of that snow either man yeah i'm kind of <laughs> cool on that too yeah, it's 14 below and all that yeah, i'm good now <laughs> i ain't trying to freeze yeah man Women, we get in well safe travels man um you know we're gonna i'm no i got you know we're gonna keep in contact for sure yes and, indeed uh, once this uh drops you'll be tagged and uh i'll shoot you a text let you know when everything's up and ready to go but you'll be tagged and everything so absolutely we get it going man i appreciate you everyone thank you for listening stakes is high podcast peace bless up peace